Jams, Creeps and Coffee podcast. Playback begins in three, two, one. You think that you're okay, huh? Well, I don't know that I'm okay any more than anybody else is okay, but I at least live a happy life and a very full one. I have a happy marriage and my kids are all cheerful. And I'm not, any, nobody's finding any fault with me personally. Do you ever think that you might be quite mad? Oh, yes. The one man in the world who never believes he's mad is a mad man. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hello, hey. friends, lovers, countrymen. Lend People me from your other ears. countries. Lent, ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, ready to go. Welcome to Crimes, Creeps and Coffee. I'm Nick, and today we've got a very special guest. He's a relocation specialist. <laughs> a removals man, but yeah, you can call it that if you want. We've got Rich again on the show. Hi, guys. We've got the ever-capable and lovely Charlotte. Hey, guys. And we've got the soon-to-be world-conquering sort of celebrity Steph. <laughs> I like that stuff with an upload inflection. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> right, so we were listening there in the intro to a, a BBC, or I think it was ITV, Granada TV actually, in the 60s, tracked down L. Ron Hubbard after, after he had to flee the UK because he was uh, in some financial trouble. And they tracked him down in his boat. That's why he's wearing his fancy little sailor's outfit. Sailor's outfit. He called himself the Commodore. The entire structure was uh, was structured like a, a Navy thing. Because he was in the Navy briefly the during, Navy. during the Second World War. <laughs> he was given a, a command of a, a small vessel, but he unloaded all of his debt charges for some reason and then shelled a friendly island and he was yeah, discharged. Well, he was from discharged, the, wasn't he? Yeah. When, when you say he fleed the UK, he was, he was, was he banished from the UK? Or is no, he, just... he had a lot of problems all over the place to well, do with tax, of, tax evasion primarily. Because. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't sound very like. So, do you, you two know much about science? Does anybody know much about Scientology? It's sort of a a, a love of mine. I have to admit. Well, you're not a member, though, are you? No, I've been. I've, not I've, yet. I've, I've I've been in and had things with them before. Uh, yeah, so before I knew what Scientology letters. things. So they I do get monthly letters. Charlotte got me put on a list. I did. I'm proud of that. <laughs> she bought a book about Scientology, and it and it had nowhere on the listing that it said this is this is from the Church of Scientology. But turns out it was from the Church of Scientology. <laughs> Sneaky, sneaky. I mean, they get bit. they get you in on a pretense of doing a sort of. I know they're anti psychology, but they get you in on a pretense of doing a sort of psychology test or some sort of life yeah, test. Don't well, they, they? they normally ask you, "Are you stressed?" Have you seen those people in Birmingham? I used I've to seen see them every. Are you stressed? But I didn't realize it was part of a test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a big thing for and them. And they take you oh, in no. and then they get you to grip the cans, do your auditing session and then try and get thousands and grip thousands. Grip the cans? Yeah. I'm well, gripping it's, it's a can right now. They're on Hubbard. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> they use this like rudimentary lie detector. It's called uh, an auditing machine. Uh, right. An e-meter, sorry. An e-meter. And you hold two cans oh, right. and it sends sort of a basic electrical charge through you and then you're supposed to, they're called an, an, engrams? Engrams. Engrams. Right. Yeah, so you're supposed to talk about this and whenever you talk about something that causes you pain, uh, it really 
registers as an engram on the uh, meter and you're supposed to discharge that. So oh. the way to sort of happiness is for via these auditing sessions. And they no, do it, it on the streets? No, no, no they, they take you into oh. a room, I think. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Take you into a little office. That, did, did Hubbard come up with this sort of machine himself? Or? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he did. He did. I he thought did. it was an actual psychology machine. No, no, no They're, no, they're no. anti-psychology. They hate psychology. Well, they were, they? they're anti-psychology because Hubbard, when he started, he really wanted to be part of the psychological establishment. Yeah. He wrote Dianetics, which is a... Uh, I've got it and I've tried to read it but it's so hard to read it's nonsense it's I mean just the way it's written I'm not so much about the content I mean people it can just, believe it, whatever it they want but it, it's, it's so I think so I've read a page written. of it and it was just like he says something and then he'll go off on a tangent and then come back to what he previously said and then go off on a tangent and then come back to what he previously said about what he previously yeah. said and it's just like just stick to a story yeah come on guys please <laughs> but he, uh, he he took this book to the psychological establishment and they were like nah they laughed him out of the building yeah. Yeah. no ain't happening no no. But he was also a science fiction writer, though. He, he was. He, he holds the world's record for the most books ever published by a human being. Doesn't mean any of them are any Have you ever good, seen? The, well, I don't know. Battlefield Earth. Have you seen Battlefield Earth with John Travolta? Uh, wait, wait, was that actually a Hubbard book? Yeah, yeah. it was. It was one of his. It was oh. John Travolta's fave. It was his pet project. He raised millions and millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, to make it. And it was rubbish. It was awful. It was. Forrest Whitaker got involved for some reason. Um, mm. the, the sniper from Saving Private Ryan isn't it, it there's a brilliant scene where because uh, these aliens have taken over the earth and uh, humanity's sort of gone back to sort of a tribal mm. existence and there's a scene where like the, tr- the the humans like we've got to rebel against them and then the next scene they just get in fighter jets and start flying around and attacking the aliens no training nothing like that <laughs> you don't need training you don't need like there's a manual in the glove box you don't yeah, need explanation around it gets in the way of the action and the fun I think yeah. when you have a logical <laughs> Progression through a story. Isn't Travolta a Scientologist as well? Yes. Like, so he's mm. come on. Well, Tom Cruise. Who else is fake? We've got Tom Cruise, um, haven't we? Who else? Yeah. Beck, the singer, uh, the the singer songwriter Beck, who I love. Wait, um, Beck's a Scientologist. Yeah, yeah. So he's been like, but he's not a preachy one. He's uh, oh. a chef from South Park. Uh, Isaac Hayes, obviously. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise. What's uh, Tom Cruise's wife? Katie Holmes. Katie she, Holmes. She, she, she was. Yeah. She was famously when she was given birth, she wasn't allowed to make a noise. She couldn't have what? any anaesthetic or, or whatever epidural. Is that what it called? Yeah. Yeah. She had to. Man it was it part of it? Hubbard's idea about childbirth that women should be completely silent and without drugs while well, they're giving. never gone through childbirth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Easy when you never got to do it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she left Scientology. And, what Katie uh, Holmes has. Um, yeah, she oh. is. Uh, I don't think. I think there was always. You remember Tom Cruise was married to Nicole Kidman. Yeah. There was a big hoo ha with that because her her father was quite famous psychiatrist or is a famous psychiatrist. So there was always a lot of contention with Scientology trying to separate Tom Cruise and Nicole was Kidman. Was Penelope uh. Cruise a Scientologist? I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. There's no, no, nothing to suggest that she was involved in it in any way. So I've got a question for you on psychology, psychology, not Scientology. So what's what's the difference between a religion and a cult? Because in in Britain, it's it would be classed as a cult, wouldn't it? Not a religion. Well, we would talk about this on a, no, that episode never got aired, did it? No, um, we kind of screwed that. There is there is a system called the um, what's it called the Bay? Oh, for fuck's sake, I forgot. There is a, a psychological system to analyse when something it's a cult, but generally Generally, it's uh, certain characteristics like a singular charismatic leader control over its membership. Jesus. Uh, Amen. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't that. He wasn't that much. He was quite a gentle, so wasn't he? Jesus. He wasn't like forcing, locking people in cupboards and starving them for or anything like that. What well, is that the difference? Is it? It's is just it, the abusive there's, there's nature. There's several there is different a scale, psychology. Is it the psychology scale? stuff that no. equals what makes a cult 
them the difference between what makes a court and what makes a religion. And yeah. legally, okay. what makes a court and religion is normally tax exempt status, which is why Scientology right. wants so to become much, a religion. They put so much effort on uh, getting tax exempt status. If you view it as the Jehovah's Witness, they're technically a cult because and Mormonism, they are mm. technically cults, but because they are so, they have lots of different things now that they do. So there's not tax exemptions and stuff like that. Mm. They're, they're now classed as religions instead of cults. Well, isn't Jehovah's Witness a denomination of Christianity? Yeah, it's, same it's as an offshoot, but there, there's a lot of still Christianity. Then it, it is, but there are sects, there are Christian sects, and there is quite a lot of characteristics which could be described as cult-like. Right. So, which mm. one is Scientology? You know, I'm not going to say because I don't want to be sued. Ah, I don't <laughs> yeah. want them turning up at my but, door. A cult, to... then, ladies and gentlemen. Does that mean they're going to turn up at my door? Do you think, or just We're follow me around? I'm sure they've got. I think they're in a lot of trouble these past few years, so they don't really don't, don't know that is much John time. Is John Travolta to... still a cult, like a cult member? No, sorry, is John? Is he still a member? He is. Yeah, but the thing is, there's been rumours for for years that he's he wanted to leave, but there's also been rumours since he he really started his career that he's. he's been gay but hidden yeah mm-hmm. so but in these auditing sessions you do where you try and uh, expel these engrams and clear yourself it's called uh, going clear when you get to a stage where you've got no more negative emotions or thoughts in you so but you tell them everything so as soon as somebody leaves the first thing that happens is to a newspaper a dossier turns up about that person every bad thing they've done how sexually deviant they are oh, that really? kind of thing it's one of the tactics now that, that's you. a classic sign of a cult isn't it so yeah. many Black cults have that sort of tactic to keep you in i mean surely I mean, scientology is well known for you're not allowed to leave are you or, or if you do they come after you now if i denounce christianity after i've been mm. christened or baptized you know the uh, the local church wouldn't yeah the vicar yeah. is not, not coming after me is he well he's too busy in the <laughs> but pub then but then again uh, a couple of hundred thousand years ago they would have you hundred thousand no, no, hundred thousand. <laughs> i meant a hundred to a thousand years ago okay. they would have come after you christianity would have come after you because they would have the, said that you're were the Catholics and the Inquisition. Yeah. There was no real choice other than to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it Inquisition you can again, technically yeah. say that religion is a cult. It, it, religion, oh, I, I don't personally identify much of a difference between the two. No, but, no. Uh, it's, it's, it's the, the 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 effect that they have on on people, and I'd say probably the modern Christian churches. In the most part, the C of E and the Catholic Church don't have, as an institution, don't put so much um, terror on the, the people. No, no. you're allowed to leave. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a... And Scientology aren't so bad to people who just leave, leave. They're bad to people who leave and then speak out against Expose them. Because them. Yeah. L. Ron Hubbard had a policy called Fair Game, which is literally just called Fair Game. Where anybody who says anything bad about the church, they can be ev- everything short of beaten up or murdered, basically. Oh, that, wow. that was church policy to do that to people that's mental and they have very very high priced lawyers mm. yes. so uh, uh, Narcanon What's oh Narcanon is their, dr- <laughs> is their drug rehabilitation system all their institutions have like scientific sorry science fictiony sounding names so Narcanon's one Alcanon is another one Straight, strange he was a science fiction writer yeah so. yeah and then there's obviously the origin story about volcanoes Zeno, souls yeah, being dumped uh... intergalactic warlord hmm several billions of years ago but that's for another time i feel like yeah okay so today i'm going to do a story have you any of you seen the film alive no because i have no that's good then okay (laughs) that's good and so i'm going to be covering that i'm going to use that story as more of a a contextualizer to have a discussion about something is it what kind of film is it it's it's not i know we're doing what we call it spookoween 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 it's halloween you excited about halloween you do much yeah Uh, i don't do anything no no what about 
your girlfriend? She seems like she might be into Halloween. I don't think she does anything particularly, to be honest. Oh, okay. You're a bit love... too old for trick or treating, to be honest. These two love all that shit. All oh. that tat. Do like a bit of Halloween, what can I? What do you do as an adult at Halloween? I'm working. I work all Halloween. It's like my busiest time of year, so um, I never actually end up celebrating Halloween. But I'm still there in like my, my Halloween knits mm. and, and my decorations and stuff. And I have my I've got a fake body that I've got in my room that I get out for Halloween and pump the blood through it so it's like a beautiful fountain at the front of the uh, house. <laughs> do you do you get a lot of trick or treaters come in and Yeah, yeah, we do, yeah. yeah. What do you give them? Just sweets, I guess. Sweets. Yeah, the do you usual. Have, do you have a mirror? Um no. Well I've got a oh. picture of Jimmy Savile up on the lounge. <laughs> <laughs> usually scares them off. Yeah, yeah I'll do it. That'll do it. It. What do you like? What do you do for Halloween normally? I can't remember. Our anniversary is on Halloween. I remember yeah. that. Um, Obviously, that's right, isn't it? I've got that right. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Our anniversary is Halloween. Yeah. Um, most times, I because my mum is totally against trick or treaters. She even puts a sign up at the window saying no trick or treaters. But I normally sit there watching horror films. Does that get and... resulting eggs at the window and stuff no, like no, that? No, that's what pretty good around kids, that way. <laughs> so if they don't give you any sweets, you egg the windows, yeah. don't you? Well, that's the trick. Or brick it? the windows. <laughs> Yeah, ran my way it's more like bricking the windows <laughs> but no I normally just sit there watching a few Halloween-y films like Hocus Pocus Practical oh, yeah. Magic I just don't get it I've never seen any of them no no neither have I What's and then one? 13 Ghosts the isn't there? 13 Ghosts is fun no. yeah yeah Anyway, the Alive isn't technically a horror film, but it's it's quite horrific. Hold on, wait. Is Alive the one where she's... Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs> and Rich is going to do Mothman today. He's going to talk about the cryptozoological creature. The only thing I know about Mothman is he fought Godzilla. Right. Well, uh, we're, we're, I'm not talking about that. It's the, the, ba- the epic battle in <laughs> Japanese sci-fi. We're talking about... Well, it's based... Well, it's not based is on... Mothman? We... No, that was Mothra. Sorry. Yes, yeah, that's Mothra. Right. Not, not Mothra. Related. Sorry. Obviously, so you might have seen the film Mothman Prophecies, but yeah. uh, it's loosely related on the events that I'll be talking about. I'm looking forward to that. I like Moths. I just, <laughs> all I know is that BuzzFeed Unsolved went there and they've got an amazing diner that gives you nothing but Mothman like, Mothman shaped pancakes, Mothman yeah. shaped pizza, yeah, and I'm just like right. kind of want to go there. There's even a Mothman festival, but yeah. Uh, it sounds like a name, like Mothman, like a sort of Jewish name. Mothman. 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 Did no. you just say Mothman? Mothman is what Mothman. I said, yeah. <laughs> right, should we get on with the show then? Uh, yep. I think so. Sounds good. Okay. So today I'm going to talk about the film Alive. You say you've never seen it. It's a 1993 film starring actor and philanthropist Ethan Hawke. We all like Ethan Hawke, don't we? Never yes. heard of him. No, what? I say I've heard of him. Training Day. Black Hawk Down. Um, he's not in Black Hawk Down. I thought he was. No. Oh. Is he? I don't think he is. Maybe he oh. is. But he's definitely in Training Day. You've seen Training Day, right? Yeah, I don't remember. What else it. is he in? Uh, um, alive. True <laughs> <laughs> He's in a vampire one. No, he's not. He oh, is. Oh no, Daybreakers. He's in Daybreakers. Oh, that's it. Yeah, he's so really good technically va- vampire. Yeah, he's good in that. Have you seen Daybreakers? Mm-mm. Oh, it's, it's really good. good. It's like a You'd science like fiction vampire. It's about the only vampire film I actually like. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. So the the film Alive uh, is a telling of the 1972 flight five seven one airplane happenings um, happenings it's not what i thought it was so then. the story takes place nope. in the andes mountain range between argentina and chile in south america chile hold chile? on can i stop you there a minute are we american now are we? i say you say it <laughs> chile. Chile. No, it's chile it's chile 
Chile. The proper pronunciation. Chile. But anyway, this event happened on the board. There's border. no A on the end of it. Chile. No, it's Chile. It's, it's uh, just because I've got good pronunciation. Don't right, so I've, got, I've got the dinner on for everyone. It's a Chile con carne. Anyone <laughs> <laughs> it? Right, we're deviating here from the cusp. Yeah, say sorry. it right then. Chile. Chile. So this happened on the border between Argentina and that other country in South America. <laughs> So the Andes mountain range uh, where this happened is an incredibly ho- inhospitable, remote, icy mountain range where there is very little life and even less signs of human activity. And I've got some pictures to show you. Mm. I think it's the longest mountain range in the world, is it not? Is it? Mm. I have no idea, is it? I think so. so. It's not- that's that's the Andes, the part of the Andes where this take- oh, took wow. place. It's very icy, very barren. Yeah. I think I've got another one. Cool. These will be up on socials, as always. Nice. So there's there's nothing there. Really. Yeah. Oh, that's not yet. It's a bit barren. It is a bit barren. <laughs> right, there's, so there's a, a Chilean saying. <laughs> Chilean? Chilean. Oh, you've got me most <laughs> Chilean. There's a Chilean saying saying the Andes don't give back what they take. It's so it's known for being, you just don't go there. It's like the area of the map where it's like monsters be here. You just, you just don't go there. Okay. Well, hold on, didn't the Inca... Yeah, but not in conquer and and pretty utilise the the Andes for their the Inca Trail and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure they did, but not in this part of the Andes, not in the main mountain range. So in October of 1972, Daniel Yuan, Daniel Yuan, Juan, 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 I'll start again. One chance. (laughs) (laughs) He was the club president of the Old Christians Club. They were an amateur rugby team from Montevideo. And they'd set up a friendly match against the Old Boys, a team in Santiago, Chile. I have seen the film. So, Montevideo's You have here. seen it. You, yeah. you, it clicked, did it? Yeah. So, this team is Uruguay. Sorry, I didn't mention this before. So, they're in Ur- Monte- Montevideo, Montevideo in Uruguay, and they were destined to go to Santiago in Chile on the other... So, across the continent, really, yeah. across yeah. South America. So, quite a distance, quite a distance. Yes, and let, so let's look at the, the rugby team, actually. I've got a picture oh, of them. they pretty. I like rugby. They're, all right. Have you seen <laughs> rugby players? So there's, there's the old Christians club. They're a bit skinny. Rugby team. Okay. They're not your typical rugby player, I guess. Well, they're, they're an amateur team. They're, they're not, not as skinny as they're about to get. <laughs> I like that one. That was a good one, actually. Uh, so, there's the, there, so there's the rugby team. So okay. there they are. They're not as buff they're, as they're, I thought they'd no, be. They're handsome no. chaps, though. Young in their prime, but they are an amateur. They're an amateur rugby team. They weren't professional. Okay. So excited at the prospect of the game on the other side of the continent, but being an amateur team with little money, they pulled together and they charted a less comfortable but cheaper flight, a Fairchild FH-227 twin-prop engine from the Uruguayan Air Force. (laughs) So apparently you just rent. Uh, planes back off the off the Uruguayan Air Force back in the day. They, oh wow, that's a bit weird. Does yeah. it not happen anymore? No, no you can't just rock up to the RAF and say let's hire a plane. So out. twin prop, as in it's got two propellers. Right? Yeah, and yeah. I've got a picture of the plane as well to show you to give some context. Where is it? It is here. So that it's quite a small plane, nothing big. Two oh, well. two propeller engines on uh, one each side. Yeah. Rolls Royce engines, British made quality. Yeah, as we'll find out. <laughs> so that's the plane that they got on. The exact one. The plane could carry 40 passengers and five crew. The night before the plane was set to leave, there were still 10 seats available because the, the crew only filled so, uh, sorry, the rugby team only filled so many. And the captain of the team said they could invite friends and family and they could come for free as the flight was already paid for. And I'd imagine these people would jump at the chance to see, travel with the team and see their, uh, their husbands, brothers, sons play a game and get a free trip across the country, do a bit of shopping yeah. in. Yeah. 
in Santiago. Cute. Cute so team like member free holiday kind of thing. Yeah, basically. It was just a weekend trip, but it was, you know, a weekend little trip out. Free. Little trip out. Nice. So team member Nando Parado, and I'm gonna keep referencing Nando throughout it because he wrote a book. Oh, Did, will... Was he a bit cheeky? Oh, for God's sake. What? Nando's cheeky Nando's. Yeah. Uh, I've still never eaten at Nando's, you know. Okay. Never had a Nando's. Mm-hmm. You're not missing much. Yeah, you're really not. Well, you're a vegetarian. <laughs> why are you oh, yeah. get... <laughs> And what <laughs> enjoyment are you going to get from a chicken well, place? You can have the French fries. Sweet potato mash is really nice. <laughs> yeah, that is. And it's not spicy either. Can't say I've been in there for a while, though. <laughs> okay, fair So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to refer to Nando quite a bit because he gives, he's written a book about it. I'll put the link to that in the uh, show notes. Uh, I can't remember the book's called, actually. Sorry, I've written it down. But he did write his memoirs on what happened okay. during this thing. So, team member Nando Parado recalls how he asked his mother and sister to come and how particularly excited his 17-year-old sister Susanna was because she had a crush on a couple of the members of the team and just, just any, any sort of chance to spend some extra time time with them was okay yeah. with her some extra so i've time. got some pictures i just want to show you of nando and his sister so let's have a look at nando there he is strapping lad ah there we go that's the image i was expecting yeah there he he's is. got a full 70s yeah. haircut and everything there he is yeah, in the middle. yeah with the sideburns and he's all. a bit he's a bit of a uh, what's it called a, a buff, buff guy he's a brick house and there's his sister the girl standing that's Susanna standing up at the oh, back okay nice pretty young Uruguayan lady. And at the last minute, so before they were allowed to leave as well, someone's family member cancelled uh, and the extra ticket was bought by a lady called Griselia Marania. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That was she was incredibly beautiful. thankful as she thought she was going to miss her eldest daughter's wedding in Santiago, but the chartered flight gave her the opportunity to see her walk down the aisle. Aww. So it was very uh, fortunate, she thought at the time. Yeah. She heard about this, that there was a seat going, and she, she snapped it straight up so she could make this. I now feel really so bad for her. Well, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't yet. know, do you? you don't know what's <laughs> going to die. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. So seated on the plane, the buzz of the journey of the head, the plane took off from the Carrasco Airport on Thursday, the 12th of October. Flying the plane was Colonel Julio Cesar Ferradas, an experienced Air Force pilot with over 5,000 flying hours under his belt, who had made the trip 29 times. 5,000 flying hours is really not a lot, apparently, no, it's I was really reading. Not. It is was it? back then, but now, today they have to do way more than that. Yeah, there's in terms a lot of isn't flying there to go experience. For a trip. But he did make this trip 29 times. Ah. And his co pilot, Dante Hector Laguara, that was his co pilot. And on this flight, the, the Colonel was training him up. So. Guara would be flying the plane and the colonel would be sat there as sort of ins- his instructor almost. Yeah. So it'd give him experience as he was training him up and the trip would provide an excellent opportunity to gain some extra flight hours and uh, build up his, his, his confidence with flying. So the flight went without any problems and the team were enjoying themselves. But when they reached the Argentine-Chilean border, hmm. a storm front over the nearby Andes forced them to land in the town of Mendoza, the last city before the Andes, and spend the night there, hoping the storm would clear by the next morning they could be on their way. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. too much or nothing. So they boarded the next the plane on the next morning, which was Friday the 13th, for people Ooh. who were superstitious, and to set off again. Looking back now, modern aviators say that the flight, the, the passengers and cargo was too heavy. The plane was underpowered for the amount of cargo and people they were carrying on it. All right. And this particular aircraft was nicknamed, even at the time, the lead sled for notoriously struggling under strain. So it wasn't a very well-regarded piece of machinery yeah. at all. But I think during that time, South America was probably reasonably poor yes sounds like it should be a good band so their air forces were what, what? sled yeah it does <laughs> heavy metal it does I feel like so it they didn't have the best of machine even though the the engines was roll royce you can't fault the engines british made 
Well, we'll find out about that, don't we? But uh, what you're saying is it was heavily laden. Yeah, and they weren't regarded as, as, as good aircraft. In fact, of the 78 Fairchild 227s ever built, 23 had crashed. Oh, wow. wow. Out of so, how many, sorry? 78. Yeah, that's not a great record. And the death toll that's from those sad. 23 crashes was 393 people. Mm. Did they not think stop at that point? Uh, no. I mean, maybe it, no, it's didn't. more of a case of uh, maybe we shouldn't be in the air with these things. Yes, I mean, the regulation. What, what year are we talking again? This is seventy-two. Yeah, the regulations 72. are nowhere near as strict as they're in operation now. since the sixties. I think this mm. aircraft in particular. But still, like those that amount of crashes, you just you'd want to prevent that. I think. Maybe. Yeah, well, but I mean, the Concorde <laughs> had one crash, and that was uh, decommissioned, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I did it for that. So basically, a third of them invo- were involved in ap- uh, in accidents, which is an appalling safety record. But the team had no idea of this record and they just wanted an affordable flight to get to their destination that was it really yeah. and this was the cheapest way of doing it to get everybody there even though Santiago Santiago was only a short trip from Mendoza the pilot decided to take a longer but safer trip south and come back up in a U-turn flight path so if I just point that out on the map how he would have done that so Mendoza's here on the border and mm-hmm. there's Santiago so instead of going across which means they would have had to fly higher he went down to make a U-turn come across and then back up to miss oh, yeah. the mountain range. Yeah, I see. I suppose air traffic control and stuff would have been notified then over the, the yeah. route, yeah. Yeah, so this trip, this this path flight that he chose was safer because he could fly lower rather than flying directly over the mountains, which would have meant flying high, putting more strain on the aircraft because it just does. The higher you go, the more strain on the yeah. aircraft. Fuel fuel as well, it's, it yeah. takes a lot more. It's kind of like deep diving, isn't it? Like yeah. And going up into air. Yeah. Uh, the Andes in places creates natural wind tunnels because the air moving in from the Pacific gets trapped between the sheer mountain faces can create very intense storms and turbulence between the mountains so it's not it's not desirable to fly anywhere close to the mountains so this is the last this is uh, they're on this plane uh, this flight right now and this is a picture of them the last photo of them on the plane actually Oh, wow. That's the team on the plane. Happy go lucky. Yeah, and they were just enjoying it. Oh, they were, they see, were. See no reason why not to, I suppose. They were just yeah, enjoying yeah. the flight, excited to get there and whatnot, and um, yeah, just taking it in. I mean, it must have been pretty pretty to look out of the window and see the 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 mountain ranges beneath you. Yeah, totally. So Nando was sitting by the window looking out uh, and he must have been pretty amazing again just, as I said to, to see the mountains beneath him going by it's quite like cloud cover but in places you yeah. could still see the mountains yeah. and just a really awesome sight uh, but his best friend Panchito tapped him on the shoulder and was like hey let me look out the window for a bit you've been hogging this window I want to have a butcher's mm-hmm. everyone likes a window seat don't they, they? Do. They, do. Yeah, they do so they swap seats and Nando recalls this is a quote from Nando quote that's one of those moments that without thinking we had decided who would live and who would die just by swapping their places. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's deep. So this is where things start to go a bit tits up. The pilot was supposed to make a turn at the town of Curico and from there head north to Santiago. So this is his U going south and then west (laughs) and then north. So the turning point was at this town of Curico. So uh, So it was more like a V instead of a U? No, it was a U. So he'd go down south, then directly west, and then then directly to north. So sending a message to air traffic control, he was saying that he was above the town of Caraco and would now be turning north. Heavy cloud cover below, though, prevented him from seeing the town directly, but he calculated that's where he was, directly over this town. He thought he'd passed the mountain range at this town, now it was time to head north. The problem was that air traffic control had a different calculation. The journey should have taken far longer than it had, uh, than the pilot said it had so the pilot did this in sort of three minutes and they by 
their estimation it should have taken 15. So when he makes this turn where he thinks he's over this town, he hasn't cleared the mountain range and he's actually turning north and he goes further into the central mountain range area. And there was cloud cover at this point, you couldn't see beneath him. So uh, when it came time, by his calculations, to land at Santiago, we thought it was at his destination. And this is before GPS or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So everything was done via calculations and and measurements. To land at Santiago Airport, he began to descend through the thick cloud cover. As soon as the plane emerged underneath the clouds, the pilot was hit with sheer terror as the plane was just metres away from the mountain tops of the Andes. As the pilots began to battle to steer the plane away from from them, the plane was hit by severe turbulence caused by the intense winds that flowed through the range. They were told to put their seatbelts on, they were being thrown all over the place. It was terrifying, Nando says, in the back of this airplane. As it would be. And you look out the window and these mountains are probably 10 metres away. away 10-20 metres away. And they're flying directly through them. And then the, the pilot tried to go up back out of it but he just couldn't couldn't get over the top of them it was just a, they were in a bit of a mess yeah you're losing control in a tin can essentially yeah so suddenly the plane clipped the peak of one top of a mountain and it ripped off one wing the propeller shot off and sliced a large hole through the fuselage of the aircraft sucking two passengers out through the large oh gap that it had created. The tail section broke off, exposing the back of the plane to the elements and five more people were sucked out. One of these people actually, Carlos uh, Valletta, actually survived the fall. Wow being sucked out of the back of the aircraft. He managed to stumble down the mountainside but fell into a deep hole and snow fell on top of him and he was asphyxiated to death. That's how he oh. found. Oh. And he'd be, he'd be later found by the surviving members of this crash. Gosh. The front part of the plane, the back's broken off now, it's only got one wing, both propellers have, or at least one propeller, sorry, shot off. The front part of the plane was, with most of the passengers, hit the slope very violently and skidded down the mountainside, travelling about 220 miles an hour, hit straight into a snowbank, dead stop, killing one one pilot and three passengers instantly. The people Gosh. in the back were just thrown around. One of the passengers, uh, the pilots, obviously, just must have caught him. Yeah. So it was the colonel. I think it was the colonel who died instantly in that sense. The surviving pilot Lagura was crushed and critically injured in the cockpit. And once they, the, the survivors had got out of the aircraft, he begged one of the survivors to take out his pistol from his uh, carry bag and shoot him. But the passenger just couldn't do it and left him yeah. to die. I, mean, I didn't realise pilots carried pistols. Well, it's back the in the rough, day, isn't it? As well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a military plane. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So he couldn't do it. He couldn't. He couldn't shoot this man. But this man was begging out. I mean, it must have been horrendous. Yeah, um, totally. If you get to that point where you're asking somebody to shoot you rather than help you. Mm. Yeah. So on the first day, there were 33 survivors out of the 45 on the craft. That's not uh, too bad. Yeah. No. Some were critically injured, stranded in one of the most inhospitable places on Earth in winter with temperatures dropping as low as minus 30 degrees Celsius. So wow. very, very cold. cold. With no real food supply, no real protective clothing, air traffic control, not knowing at what point the plane had turned north so they didn't know where it crashed. The idea that they'll be found must have seemed hopeless. As they had, All these people on this craft, this team, uh, Montevideo is a seaside town. Most of the people had never even seen mountains or yeah. snow. It just wasn't in their, yeah. their sphere of um what's the word experience yeah yeah nando woke up uh he was put into a chrome uh chroma a coma during the crash and he was in this coma for three days oh, wow. he was that badly hit and when he woke up he found his mother was already dead uh one oh, of the gosh. people and uh, she was one of the people who'd been sucked out of the craft oh, on the uh on the first first moments of it and his 17 year old sister Susanna, was dying he tried everything he could to help her keep her alive but she didn't make it a few days later and and succumbed to her injuries during nando's coma the survivors they tried to build a shelter out of the fuselage they they stacked the walls with luggage and uh metal from the plane anything they could really find to uh, keep the cold out in some way yeah. so it's yeah. a very makeshift thing they're trying everything they're trying yeah. anything, anything that's not 
that down, nailed down, they're taking it up and trying to build a shelter out of it. They uh, they figured a way to melt the snow on metal sheets and lived off the very meagre food uh, that they had. Mm. So in total, all they had on the plane in terms of food were eight chocolate bars. This is for 33 people, by the way. This oh, right. survived. So eight chocolate bars, a tin of mussels, three small jars of jam, a tin of almonds, a few dates, candies, dried plums, and several bottles of wine. Well, was this on the plane? This was this what is this what they took on the plane for the flight, or is that what was all that was found? That was that's all the food that they can find from the aircraft. Oh right, okay. Oh, well, yeah. It sounds so random to take that on a plane journey. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess people pack snacks, I guess, and but take wh- something. It wasn't a very long journey, so they 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 weren't. There was no food to feed them on the plane. Well, it wasn't like that. Why take the jam? Some people take jam with them. To like put on what? Toast. Toast. But they didn't <laughs> have toast. Yeah, when you got there. Oh. In, the, in the suitcases, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd, I'd okay. take a bit of jam but with. The point them. is, there's very little food. Yeah, there's yeah. certainly little. nothing to be uh, gathered in the Andes Mountains. Is no. there? Let's face it. No, no there's no. not. I don't think it's weird to take jam with you on a trip. Do you not? You take jam with you on a trip? I mean, I, w- I don't go on many trips, but it seems like something you could take. You'd take. I, mean, well, you'd I, I love jam. Paddington Bear, Bob. What? That's honey, isn't it? That's it's marmalade. Oh, sorry. How oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That is marmalade. That was anyway, <laughs> enough jam discussion. So Nando recalls during his first three days awake, he only ate one piece of chocolate in three days. That's all he was rationed out. Oh well. Yeah. People were dying from their injuries constantly, but even with reduced numbers and strict rationing, this amount of food would be gone within days and after a week there was nothing left whatsoever I mean they weren't eating it all even if there was food I mean yeah, yeah. a bit of chocolate in three days is I mean I think it's nice. something to note that these uh, athletes and their rugby players they burn through calories yeah. don't mm-hmm. they these are guys that are going to need mm-hmm. a lot of food you know it's yeah. uh, I mean, what, they're going to be 15 16 stone ain't they these guys or whatever they're going to they're be you know needing these calories yeah. probably more than your mm-hmm. average citizen aren't they mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely so Nando this is a quote from Nando's book quote at high altitude the body's calorific needs are astronomical astronomical so at the height as well that that because your body's working overtime you need more calories anyway we were starving in earnest with no hope of finding food but our hunger soon grew so voracious that we searched anyway again and again we scoured the fuselage in search of crumbs or morsels we tried to eat the strips of leather torn from pieces of luggage though we knew that the chemicals they'd been treated with would do us more harm than good we ripped open seat cushions hoping to find straw but only inedible upholstery foam Again and again, I came to the same conclusion. Unless we wanted to eat the clothes we were wearing, there was nothing here but aluminium, plastic, ice and rock. So there was no vegetation whatsoever. There no grass, no animals to eat at this altitude. It's completely barren. And like you just said, they started ripping apart the airplane to yeah. seats to try and eat, even at the leather, which is... Gosh. I can't imagine chowing down on a bit of seat leather. I mean, no. it's not my most favourite no. thing. nutritional value. It's not going to do anything but yeah. fill your stomach. So they were very desperate and they had to make a choice. And this is a quote from another survivor called Roberta. Canessa. Quote, our common goal was to survive, but we, what we lacked was food. We had long since run out of the meagre pickings we'd found on the plane, and there was no vegetation or animal life to be found. After just a few days, we were feeling the sensation of our own bodies consuming themselves, just to remain alive. Before long, we would become too weak to recover from starvation. We knew the answer, but it was too terrible to contemplate. The bodies of our friends and teammates, preserved outside in the snow and ice, contained vital life-giving protein that could help us survive, but could we do it? For a long time, we agonised. I went out in the snow and prayed to God for guidance. Without his consent, I feel I would be violating the memory of my friends, that I'd be stealing their souls. We wondered whether we were going mad. Even to contemplate such a thing, had we turned into brute savages? Or was this the same, only sane thing to do? Truly, we were pushing the limits of our fear. 
So they turned to cannibalising their friends and their family members Mm -hmm. out of necessity. They also made a mutual agreement that if any of the remaining survivors were to perish, that their body could be consumed by the others in an effort to help the group survive. So they used broken glass from the windows as cutting tools. They would eat the flesh raw and frozen because they had no no means of cooking it. Not one of them smoked. Pardon? Not one of them smoked. You'd assume there'd be some effort to make fire, wouldn't there? There must be something there. The fabric of the the upholstery of the chair, that would be like an easy burn mm-hmm. one of them must have smoked it's the 70s yeah it was the time you would assume that there's a, yeah. a way to make fire but they chose to eat it yeah. yep. no they didn't cook it so to begin with most couldn't keep it down which is a pretty normal reaction I would yep. think and some just couldn't do it and refused completely to eat the bodies uh, Uruguay was a deeply Catholic country and the survivors would have had serious spiritual problems with mm-hmm. doing that fear of divine retribution but it was suggested the way they rationalised this was to focus on the story of the Eucharist so you know the body and the blood of Christ so eating yeah, yeah. the body the blood uh, the bread yeah. is symbolic of the body and the drinking the wine is a symbolic well, is it transubstantiation is it no yes less? it is transubstantiation yeah well done thanks father that's how they rationalised it they, they likened it to this and there was a Bible quote as well, and uh, saying I can't remember where it's from. I was reading early, but it's, it's something like the the most noble thing a man can do is lay his life down for his friend, something along yeah. those kind of lines. Yeah. So that's how the rationalisation. And when you're starving, your probably level of rationalisation is quite probably quite low. Yeah. Anyway, you yeah. don't need need much. I know when I get hungry, all I'm like is just give me. Food. Yeah, I'm vile yeah. when I'm hungry. Yeah. yeah. And that's and after that's a couple after of hours, what, four hours. Yeah. Not yeah. Even that. yeah. So yeah, some had serious reservations, but after a few days, everyone including the most devout were so ravaged by starvation they were all eating the bodies of their friends and families so they began with the skin skin muscle and fat at first because this seemed the less intrusive and horrific way of gathering the flesh they were just scraping it very lightly off the bodies but soon they'd stripped all of this from all of the bodies they could and began to consume everything the Mm. organs hearts livers stomach everything was eaten apart from the bones including the brain we'll get to the brain in a bit remember the brain remember the brain it's going to be important later on in the story through all this Nando managed to protect the bodies of his mother and sister from being eaten so he, he did protect them and he wouldn't allow them to be eaten yeah. okay. which is quite I could sympathise with that idea yeah. too. Now, is that because one of them had a pistol on the plane didn't they is that any relevance to this no nope. no it's not mentioned in the whole story that one of them had a weapon on the plane no Okay. All I right. think that's maybe from the film no, no you, you said, said it yeah, oh no said... no the, the, the pilot the pilot had the co-pilot yeah, had a, one yeah. pistol on the plane but there wasn't any there's no evidence to suggest that he forced stopped right. people okay. from, from okay. eating he just protected them in the sense of and he said he was their no. surviving like family member and the others had given their permission yeah he was like no i'm not giving you my permission and because it being quite religious they i think they respected that possibly mm-hmm. yeah okay but he, he he got them home and he buried them so he, he did manage so to that protect was some them. dedication then. it yeah. was some dedication because it must have been t- if you're eating other people as well and then that food source had run out to look at your, your dead mother and sister as horrific as it sounds yeah. you'd probably see them as food at some point seem, so there must have been gross, an but seem as a piece of steak yeah it must have been internally a struggle for him yeah. at certain points mm. and plus uh, the people he probably loves most in the world and they're dead there on the ground yeah. he's got to see them every day though which is also horrific heartbreaking mm-hmm. could you eat a family member mm, depends on which one <laughs> <laughs> well in that situation do you think you could eat could you eat a friend let's start lighter <laughs> could you eat me if I had died and you were um, in the Andes 
I. You have my permission. Oh, well, if you had your permission, I mean, try anything once. But you're a vegetarian. Oh, I know. I was thinking. So I was asking her. Yeah, I mean, I probably like lay off as for like as as much as I possibly could, but and and hope for some kind of retribution, I suppose, at that point. But if I had to, then yeah, maybe. You could eat her and just be like, it's just salad. It is just salad. (laughs) (laughs) She's just a lettuce. Charlotte, would you eat stuff? Yes. Yep, fair enough. I'm not even hesitating. I know I would. It tastes like sweet pineapples. I mean, it's. I guess you're never going to know until you're on that. So I think yeah. I would. I think I, I, I would. I know yeah. I would because that, that, like. You'd have it, to be pushed to it, though. Yeah. I think I ev- most people would. Yeah. You'd have to be pushed to it, but I think the overriding natural instinct to survive would, uh, yeah. would facilitate that you'd. you'd I yeah. mean, you'd try and cook it, I would have thought, rather yeah. than yeah, that's it raw. Force, like, um, they just, they just, for some reason, whatever, I couldn't mm. find out, out why. Because didn't you say they melted a piece of metal to. They did that through sort of solar, but they, right. uh, putting the ice on a metal sheet and allowing the, the warmth from the sun to uh, melt okay. that. Okay. But it's the 70s. Everybody in the 70s smoke maybe they didn't yeah. they, are they, athletes, they are athletes maybe they're, yeah but you've got the other people that weren't the athletes like the family members maybe they're lost in the crash and they plus, can find them it's not plus fair. flame requires uh, oxygen to work in the altitude oxygen's quite mm. well, they lower they would have died so quickly then if there was not enough oxygen no but your body flame. can still yeah true I don't know there must have been but clearly they couldn't make fire they couldn't clearly have, they yeah. didn't have how did they the, keep how did they keep warm just well, from the, the clothes they found from the suitcase yeah huddled together creating the sort of basic shelter they had in the fuselage of the plane with her uh, mm. suitcases and uh, the chairs yeah. up against yeah. the walls to provide some kind of barrier against the elements. I yeah. am going from what I've seen in films and stuff, but when things normally crash, they don't normally have a flame. What? No, no. Well, it depends. Not that kind. Of, if it's oh, a jet. But yeah. That, yeah, the fuel obviously didn't ignite in this case, otherwise mm. they probably all would have died. Mm. Yeah. So would you have eaten me in that situation? Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would. I would allow that. Yeah. Would you allow it? Yeah. I wouldn't allow you to eat me. I'd. I'd expect you to drag me back well, to civilization. <laughs> well, on my back, just yeah. carry yeah. you to civilization. <laughs> Your dead corpse. Dead frozen corpse. Yeah, so out of you respect. Can't even move out his of body. respect. Out of respect. I'm pretty sure your spleen would be my. Uh, I'd my allow you maybe to ride me down the side of a mountain as some kind of makeshift shed. That's not a bad idea. That's not that's, bad idea. that's the sure, most you can make do. Make sure you backwards bend his arms while you do it. Yeah, yeah, but I want I want to be face up so I don't it doesn't damage it for an open casket funeral or something. If I, Did anyone try this in the event using a body um, as a sledge? sledge? I no. can't find any mention of that. <laughs> Maybe they left that out. Maybe they were too embarrassed about that. Yeah, that was a step too far. That's that like they episode. rode their dead friends to freedom. That wasn't an episode of Simpsons. I don't know. Have you seen that yeah, that's where, yeah, like, that's where I'm going in from. Yeah. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, let's right. crack on. So the story carries on, and it is an, inc- so it's an incredible tale of survival against the most brutal, unimaginable conditions. But I'm going to leave the story of it there, because that's that's the main thing I want to talk about today, is the cannibalism. And we'll okay. get into okay. that a bit more detail. But it is definitely worth checking out. There's the book. How long did they? How long were they up there for? Well, I'm just going to get to that in a okay. sec, just to summarise that story. But I definitely recommend checking it out. I find okay. it really interesting because. You... Have you seen the film? I have seen the film. I've watched the documentary. Is it a good film? It's okay. It's okay. Both you and Rich are like. Eh. It's okay. It, I don't think it does the event complete justice. Okay. It's a bit. It's a bit over the top in places, and I'm pretty sure some bits are quite fabricated in it. Yeah. Did the 
plane explodes. Um, sort of. Uh, sort of. But the book by Nando, which I was quoted, I haven't read it all, but the, the bits I was reading, especially about the first bit, I haven't really read it about the, the, the survival after they started to cannibalise yeah. people. But yeah, so 16 people ended up surviving and being rescued, but they were on that mountaintop for two and a half months. Jesus. Two and a half months. And they weren't rescued until late December. Yeah, two and a half oh months. How, to survive out there. how did they get rescued? What was the scenario? Was they it an accident? Was it no, they were, search rescue team? Well, they, they'd all... From what I gather, they organised themselves into search parties. There was an avalanche shortly after they decided to cannibalise people, which wiped out pretty much a few, uh, most of the survivors. Yeah. Or gave them more critical injuries. And from then on, they, they got more and more desperate. They were looking for things. But they, they started doing expeditions, and they were found by some kind of mountain guide, if I remember rightly. Oh, that's all right. But the, the, as I say, the main main point of me is, a, is a, to put it into context of the thing I want to talk about today, really, which is the cannibalism. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not exactly the first case of cannibalism in history, is it? No, Let's face no it's it. not. And certainly not the first case in survival either. Yeah. Just going back to that, when they were rescued, the survivors initially explained that they had eaten some cheese and other food they carried with them. They didn't admit to, to cannibalizing no, probably wouldn't. people. No. And uh, local plants and herbs, they were, they were just lying about that. But it's, it, They it plan to discuss the details. Go on, sorry. Surely there's a legality issue over that, isn't it? Are they, are they fearing <laughs> repercussions? Oh, is there? I would have thought... Well... Cannibalism is illegal, isn't it, in most countries? Now, I don't know how it stands in a survival situation, Mm. but... uh, I'm sure they'd let them off. (laughs) I don't know if if it works like that. I'm not really sure. Well, they plan to discuss the details of how they survived, including their cannibalism, in private with their families. It was something they only wanted to open up to those Mm. closest to them about. But on the 23rd of December, news reports of cannibalism were published worldwide, except in Uruguay. On December 26th, two pictures taken by members of the Relief Corps who, who found them. They were of a half-eaten human leg and were printed on the front page of two Chilean newspapers. He reported that all survivors resorted to cannibalism. Rumours circulated in Montevideo immediately after the rescue that survivors had killed some of the others for food, which was never proven. It was never proven that they actually murdered anybody. They only... I don't think they did murder people. No. I think it... Well, we don't know. Is, is there any... You don't, is there any no, there's, there's, accusations? Of... There is accusations. There, well, there's sensationalist things from newspapers, but there's nothing to suggest that they right. killed... I mean, if they were apprehensive about eating their like the survivors in the first place. I mean, they probably How long that... jumped to murder. Yeah, but what did you say they were surviving for? Three months was it? Two and a half months. Two and a half months. Basically. How long that might have been at first, but yeah. how long mm-hmm. does it take before that survival kicks in and you start eyeing up the eyeing up the juicy steaks and the person in the seat <laughs> in front of you? You got to think though that they're frozen, so the bodies wouldn't decompose as we would expect say, them to. I think it was about to say free range yeah. then. Yeah, so, they are free range as well. <laughs> Frozen's hard to hard to eat and digest, but a fresh one that's sitting mm. on the seat in front of you well they I'm did they did at one point sorry I forgot to include in that they did at one point take the flesh and dry it out on these tin sheets oh, they were using to like jerky yeah kind of yeah they're not to eat it <laughs> but to do a leg jerky yeah, no, like, that's what jerky is I but thought jerky was like smokes you can smoke it yeah but standardised beef jerky for example is just the top layer of the skin of the cow that's mm. been dried over a high high heat with low flame oh, wow you're really mm. selling it hmm. <laughs> sounds great it's, it's alright in a rush but I wouldn't eat it every Human human jerky maybe yeah. not but they, they, they t- tried to defrost it not to, to yeah. cook it so here's before we leave this here's some pictures of the survivors as they were rescued the the play's been covered up quite a bit by the avalanche that hit there's one there so okay. camp, and there's another one okay I, I expect them to be huddled up inside the plane as in not going yeah. outside to be honest and there's there's Nando on the that side there 
after he's been okay. rescued on the on the right hand yeah. side there. So the thing I wanted to take from that story, and the thing that was interesting to me, I wanted to find out what the effects are of eating human flesh. Okay. Is there effects? Well, Is there effects on the body? Effects yeah, on the I, mind? I want to find out what what happens to a person if they they indulge in a bit of, of a bit of human flesh. Okay. Why don't we just look at Jeffrey Dahmer? Well, that yeah, I mean, there's plenty of examples place. of cannibalism. Jeffrey Dahmer's one. Indeed, uh, other yeah. serial killers. Who else ate people? Oh, there's loads. There's loads, but no names actually pop to my head no. right now except what for about Jeffrey the, Dahmer. That, that, that German who. Ate yes. the penis. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And he chucked most of it in the bin, didn't he? Yeah, it didn't fry up very well. Yeah, he advertised on, on a, a sort of classified bulletin board for somebody who wanted to be eaten. Oh, I think oh, I remember him. that. The actually. one that wanted to commit suicide. Yeah, he got him in the bath, cut his yeah. penis ah, off, fried yes. it up, and they both ate it. And yeah. yeah. But he ended yeah. up chucking away most of it away. Yeah, if you donated your cock and balls to, uh, <laughs> to culinary arts. I can imagine that would actually be one of the toughest parts of a human body to eat. I mean, I wouldn't expect it to But the, the, the genitalia. Yeah, I can imagine that would be quite That's, a quite Well, actually, like, when predators kill uh, their prey, the easiest way into a carcass is actually through their genitalia. It's the softest, yeah. easiest way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't right. think it would taste good. Something though. to remember. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's other obviously historical uh, accounts of cannibalism. The siege of Leningrad was particularly notorious for uh, Stalingrad. Leningrad, right? Uh, for uh, the locals, the, the citizens of Leningrad, turning to cannibalism because they they had nothing at all. The Cultural Revolution in China, North Korea. Fairly recently, actually, there were reports coming out that the population was turning to cannibalism. Well, that was more in the 90s when they had a yeah. large famine, I believe, where yeah, people that's, turned that's to it. cannibalism. Well, yeah. the rumours, at least. Yeah. So in the 16th century, it was quite popular for the executioners to have a little bit of a sideline going on, where okay. they take the bodies, chop them up, and sell the body parts to people, either for, for treatments in ailments and things. No so people would consume human body parts in that sense oh, right. all I can think of is Sweeney Todd Sweeney was he doing Todd. that? yes I posted yeah. a Sweeney Toddy up uh, on our post uh, not, uh, Insta uh, yeah. yeah on our Instagram page it was of a lady who um, it was a lady who um, who chopped up uh, people that she didn't like essentially and then turned them into gummy sweets really? yeah, yeah. and then fed them to the other children oh Jesus <laughs> but yeah in Sweeney Toddy it's like they used the bodies of his victims as to put into pies. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. one of the quotes is, um, the pussycats in the street are going missing. Mm-hmm. And then it clicks that he kills somebody and then she's like, oh, what can we do with the body? And That's Jonathan Depp, isn't it? Johnny Depp, yeah. Is Helen Burham Carter and Oof. Alan Rickman. Yeah, Alan Rickman. And Sasha there. Baron Cohen. Yeah, he's yeah. in there too. Quite a lot of Harry Potter people are in there. Peter he's... Pettigrew. Yeah, but he used to go on until it was, it was outlawed that people would... Would, yeah. yeah, go to these executioners and say, "Let's have a leg," okay. and he'd give you a leg. They used to like collect the blood as well, didn't they? So, like yeah. in um in in famous sort of situations. So I know when um when Henry the Eighth's Eighth's uh, wives were uh, beheaded, a lot of people went and collected their blood for souvenir purposes. Yeah, okay, like blood files and stuff yeah. like that. They used well to as... rub fat on themselves and stuff. Yeah. Human fat. Like, they thought it was Elizabeth Bathonomy. She yeah. used to bathe in blood because she thought it would revitalise her skin. Oh, well, yeah. Queen, oh, right, okay. Queen Elizabeth Bartholomew. Yeah. But they, epilepsy was one of the big things they used to use these human treatments for. They thought it could cure epilepsy by yeah. consuming human parts. Oh, okay. 
either like grinding them down or just consuming them directly. So a lot of it was for medicinal purposes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It wasn't just for a, a, a you know, because they were hungry. Yeah. No, it wasn't. So there's a lot of um, uh, cultures where ritual cannibalism has yeah, been a thing. Mm. Tribes of Papua New Guinea still yeah. do it. They're headhunters, yeah. don't they? Well, we're going to get into them in a minute because they're important, mm. actually. So I was looking, actually, if there's any recent um, sort of recent, as in with the past few years, of accounts of uh, cultures turning to cannibalism. And I found this. This is horrible. So okay. the, yeah. this is from The Guardian, a news article from The Guardian, dated, I think it's 2016. 2016. The headline is, Eating your placenta, is it healthy or just weird? Oh, that's uh, that's that's quite prominent even yeah, now. They like, use them in facials and everything. So I'll, I'll read from this, this article. Celebrities like January Jones. Who's January Jones? She's Not a clue. S- she is... Uh, the Ice Woman in X Men, also in Mad Men. Oh, okay. Um, no, I don't know of this lady. Emma St- Emma Frost in X Men. Oh, okay. In the not the new ones, the ones beforehand. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, in the new one with no. with man. With man, brilliant. <laughs> Best <laughs> description <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> so celebrities like uh, January Jones and the Kardashians are doing it, but it's the practice of placentog placenta free. Yeah. I think I'm pronouncing Placenta-free. Uh, simply a fad, or are there actual health benefits to, benefits to consuming one's own placenta? Uh, according to one cookbook on the subject, you can mix your raw placenta with yoghurt and fruit in a blender and make a smoothie. That sounds mm-hmm. lovely. Or add it to ground beef in a lasagna recipe or make chocolate truffles out of it. Dice it, slice it, saute it with onions, dehydrate it and grind it up. Yep. You see, there's no wrong way to eat placenta. Sounds like a Hannibal Lecter quote. Yeah. The practice mm. of placenta-free... Again, if I'm pronouncing that right. The formal name for eating the placenta for health benefits uh, has been having a moment. Always once an extremely fringe movement has been given a boost by celebrity endorsements from January Jones to the Kardashians. Articles describing personal experiences have popped up everywhere from XO Jane, that must be a magazine, to the New York Times. Advocates cite its availability to boost milk production, fight postpartum depression, reduce pain and increase energy in new mothers. So rich or middle class people are eating their own placenta. Which yeah. I guess is cannibalism, isn't it? I mean, I mean, it comes away anyway, so like nobody dies from that, I guess. No, but, but it's like, still consuming human parts. Yeah, they use and it in facials too. Fucking really? Yeah, like they mush it up and then slap it on their face, essentially. Jesus. Um, as a, a sign of anti-aging because of the... And I bet they charged thousands of pounds for that. Yeah, absolutely. And they do like a lamb placenta, like, like sheep placenta as well. And um, yeah, they just mush it up and put it on your face. Lovely. No thanks. Rich, you ever had a bit of placenta? I've never tried it myself. Um, you probably have when you were a baby. Or that cu- that Indian Look. restaurant you go to is a bit dodgy. Maybe they're mixing it in with it. <laughs> <laughs> have a bit of placenta. Right, so I found out from my research, I did spend quite a while on this, there's actually no great risk from eating human flesh. I no more than, no more than other... Be, yeah. I wouldn't have thought there'd be any no health issues. Than, I thought honest. there would be, but it's no yeah. more dangerous than eat, as long as it's prepared properly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Apparently it tastes like pork. I don't know Apparently. where I got that from. Yeah. Apparently. Jeffrey Dahmer said that, actually. Really? In, the, in yeah. the case of the fight... Uh, Five seven one. It was frozen, so it would be quite sterile. It wouldn't be dangerous to eat, so they were. It wouldn't decompose like it would, like if it was out in the middle of a desert kind of thing. Yeah, so I mean, the the cusp is human flesh can be enjoyed as part of a healthy, balanced diet. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't suggest it, though, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't go it's killing people and eating There's them because nothing. you will become a feature on this There's podcast. <laughs> as long as you get your veg and fruit, then you can no, have a bit of. Don't go eating people, okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm sure there's a law that says you're not to do that. 
I'm pretty sure cannibalism is illegal. Yeah, well, that guy yeah. didn't. That guy in Germany didn't get prosecuted. I mean, maybe he did. He, he did. did for something. I can't remember what for. It wasn't for. It wasn't for murder because the guy. Well, the, the guy, guy manslaughter. It would be surely. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to, sure. we'll have to look into assisted that. euthanasia. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there's one part of the human body though that is very dangerous to eat. Anybody the brain. The brain. Yes. Oh, is it? Yes, it Ooh. is. So do you remember in the 90s, mad cow disease? Yes. yes. So mad cow disease, BSE, uh, came about because they found out that cows were being fed uh, in, their, in their food source. It had cow meat in it, but it had brain cow meat in it. Ah. Awful. So that causes a problem when a species consumes its own special brain matter. Oh, no way. And then that's what causes this kind of disease. So there's something similar in humans, and it's a disease called kuru. And it's named after a tribe, as Rich brought up earlier, uh. in Papua New Guinea. It's, it's their word for shaking, right. which is a symptom of this disease. So it was first scientifically observed on the four people of Papua New Guinea and was an epidemic of uh, severe proportions. Until relatively recently, uh, the 1960s, they practiced transumption, eating dead deceased relatives. That's what right. the practice is called. It's like a more like a old old worldy kind of spiritual process thing. Yeah. so the idea is that you consume your relatives to gain their knowledge to gain their powers yeah, that kind of thing that, yeah. and so that they're always in a sense with you because yeah. I guess in a way they are because you've just consumed yeah. what they used to be made out of somebody else had that mantra didn't they who do you think it was Steph Jeff was it Jeffrey Dahmer yeah <laughs> well that's 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 the same idea really yeah uh, and it was actually the biggest killer amongst women for generations in this pri- uh, tribe. Men didn't really eat the flesh because it felt like it made them weaker. Oh, right. So it was more the women of this tribe were, were killing them. And it was like, yeah, the biggest killer of women for generations among this, this tribe were Kuru, was the disease of Kuru. So how is it lethal then? Or are we getting onto that nugget? Yeah, we're getting onto oh, okay. that. So its, it's real name is Transmissible Spongiform Encephalopathy. And it's a form of something called prion. Prion diseases, this is a quote from uh, Medical News Today. Prion diseases are associated with the accumulation of an abnormal glycoprotein known as prion protein, PRP, in the brain. PRP occurs naturally, particularly in the nervous system. Its functions in health are not yet fully understood. However, PRP is known to play a role in a number of diseases, including Alzheimer's disease. So there's a protein in the brain which, because you're uh, you're consuming an abnormal amount of it by eating somebody's brain, Mm -hmm. your brain's got too much of it. So you're technically... And it causes this sort of degenerative, um, uh, what's Alzheimer's? It's like a, what's the word for it? Degenerative mind disease. Or brain disorder, yeah. Yeah. What's the the real name for it? Fuck, fuck, sorry. Dementia? Dementia, thank you. It's a form of dementia, and that's what it causes, essentially. So there's a quote from that article. The first sign of impending death is a general debility, which is followed by general weakness and inability to stand. The victim retires to her house. She is able to take a little nourishment, but suffers from violent shivering. The next stage is the victim lies down in the house and cannot take nourishment, and death eventually ensues. So basically, she's having a drug overdose without even realising that she's taking a drug. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's some stages. You go through certain stages, like most diseases do. If you just and this only happens when you consume your own species of brain. Like yes, because because uh, yeah, obviously you can buy you can buy like pig brains cow brains and, and, cow brains and yeah. stuff and consume them, and a lot of people do. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like my dad. Uh, really? Yeah, my dad eats cow brain. You, you can eat other species. It's your own brains. species. It's your own species. Mm. Mm. I suppose because the what was it called? The PR. Yeah. The gen- the, I suppose the genetic getup is the same, isn't it? Yeah. The prion. Yeah. It's prion suppose, protein in your brain. I suppose it's, it's that's so specific. similar to like you've got this basically the same being your same species. Yeah. 
that your body's like, nope, don't like it. Mm-hmm. But whilst with another species, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. They've got less of it. But this or... is what happened with mad cows. Is that hundreds of thousands of cows were destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Because it, there was a fear that it could work its way into humans it was. as yeah. well. I remember. So uh, when, I, when I did Canic Chase when mm. I was younger... Uh, we went when Mad Cow's Disease was out and about and uh, we was doing like a, a little treasure hunt one day and uh, one of the, what I thought the treasure hunt was going into this other field. I started making my way over to said field and then I had about five different people running towards me saying, <laughs> no, don't go in that field. Pile of burning cows. Yeah. <laughs> Sky over the hill. Just a little Just bit. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Right, so these are the stages of this, this curry disease. So the first stage, the amb- ambulance stage, uh, headaches, joint pain, shaking, loss of balance, deterioration of speech, decreased muscle control. The sedentary stage, secondary stage, becoming incapable of walking, loss of muscle coordination, severe tremors. So this is where its name comes on. It translates, Curry translates as shaking in their Mm -hmm. language. Emotional instability, depression with aspects of uncontrollable laughter, which is quite an odd one. It just sounds like a hangover to me. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's how I'm feeling right now. And then the terminal stage, cannot sit without being supported, virtually no muscle coordination, and unable to speak, incontinent, difficulty swallowing, Swallowing, unresponsive to surroundings, ulcerations with pus, and necrosis, which is where your oh, wow. tissue is dying. Yeah, essentially, tissues are basically eating itself. And generally, the patient will die between three months and two years from the onset of system uh, onset of symptoms. Death usually occurs due to pneumonia or infected pressure sores. Yeah, like they say that people who've suffered from Alzheimer's, that's not necessarily the Alzheimer's that kills them, but like the pneumonia in the final stages of not your body not being able to fight the other stuff in yeah. there, isn't it? So yeah. So yeah, the, 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 and this cure has no like mad cow disease has no cure whatsoever. It's mm-hmm. completely degenerative. Once you've got it, you're it. you're in for the whole of it. Uh, but it has a really long incubation period uh, where there are no symptoms whatsoever. Uh, the asymptomatic period often lasts five to 20 years oh wow so you might not show symptoms for five to 20 years sorry Steph. and in some cases <laughs> and in some cases it can it could drag out for more than 50 years before a person shows yeah. any sign whatsoever Shit. so the last person to die from this papua new uh, guinea tribe was in 2005 actually so it's still quite prevalent in their culture yeah. until yeah. until I recently i suppose that they don't because papua i don't know much about Papua New Guinea, but I suppose they're very not westernised. To put not westernised. Pol- they are uh, uh, basically a forgotten tribe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Papua New Guinea is an island. Off, you'd I've got say a picture it's quite- of them actually. Yeah. So this is what that tribe looks like today. So they're, they're still. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, they are very well, basic yeah, yeah. native. Oh, definitely. Well, definitely. They're, yeah, they're untouched by Western culture yes. or any oh, culture really, apart from their own. They've been isolated for so long. And, and the fact that they've got no modern health technology as such, they wouldn't know that this is what is killing you. Not yeah. the fact that. Yeah, they'd have, they'd have no idea whatsoever. So. so this, yeah, so until very recently, they've still practicing it. It hits people more in the sixties. That's when they were kind of really yeah. going. Where are they based? Is that the one in the Amazon? No, Papua New Guinea is sort of, you'd say it's close to Australia, but it's yeah, not it really. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. It's an island. It's an island, yeah. yeah. Right, so this is, is, go back to the article, it's just a, um, so I found interest about how the, I think the Australians, do they have control over Papua New Guinea in some way? Uh, I think they did at one point. Yeah. I think there was... 
So Correct. in this article, it says, thankfully, Kuru has almost entirely disappeared. This is a quote, sorry, from the article. During the 1950s, Australian colonial law enforcement said, yeah, yeah, they must have been. And Christian missionaries helped reduce the funerary cannibalism of the four people. Once the practice was stamped out or significantly reduced, the prion could no longer spread between members of the tribe. The last, As I said before, the last victim of the disease was thought to have died in 2005. So that's it. So yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I could find. That's that. So if you want to eat people, just don't eat the brains. That's sort of the customary <laughs> that tale the conclusion from of that story. But I honestly thought there would be much more serious health health yeah. risk to it than that until I did that research. Well, for that. the most part, it's just meat. Like, if we're it's any other meat. animal, I would yeah. just primate meat, aren't we, really? Who apparently tastes like pork. Mm. What are you reading, Charlotte? Human cannibalism. Seeing if it was legal. It's weird, I know, sorry. That's worth researching. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not legal. Certainly in the UK. Yeah. Or at least frowned upon. A lot of the Google searches come back about the ethics of it, Hmm. not so much the legal side of it. Okay. Um, I mean, I know there's laws against tampering with a dead body. Oh, yeah. So it'd probably come under that, I'd imagine. Mm, Yeah. But at at what stage does the dead body need to be at for it to be tampered with? What do you mean? <laughs> like, is there well, it's like ruffled oh. its hair. Or <laughs> no, like, is it like no. when it's been buried? I mean, like, oh, I mean, God, oh, you right, would okay. not eat it then because it's A, all the embalming fluids, B, decomposition, de- decomposition, which is another form of like infestation Roth. of all of the like creatures. Mm, protein. Although, if you know, <laughs> slimy yet satisfying. In Japan, uh, Japanese culture, Japanese culture, there's you could buy fish. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, and no, they put yeah. it in a box and they bury it for years yeah. and then oh. you eat it and it's rotting and you eat it. It's a delicacy and it, it costs stinks, like thousands. It? It's disgusting. Well, it does sound yeah, Carl Pilkington's gross. given one in yeah, An Idiot Abroad, isn't he? When he but I guess when you say tampering with a dead body, when we all fill out our driving licence form in this country, there's a thing about blood, you know, uh, if you were to die in a car crash, would you give up your organs mm. for, you know, that that's yeah. tampering with a dead body. I mean, yeah, yeah, but it's, but it's, a, it's a moral morality question, but me personally, what if I die, have the lot, whether it's yeah. for food, have the lot. yeah, take the lot. <laughs> if my lungs, but they're probably shot because I smoke, but yeah. uh, yeah. but it's my if my kidneys are any good or whatever, nowhere be any good. No, they're no, you drink actually, I drink rich. <laughs> okay, not the kidneys, not the lungs. Is there anything that's any good? Probably uh, you, not, probably no. fit for scrap. But anyone who is healthy who dies, yeah, then you know, the body's your skin, your skin can be used. Can it? Do they use skin? Yeah. Leather handbags. For skin yeah. grafts and stuff. For skin grafts and everything. Mm. Yeah, mm. not as permanent skin grafts, but um, you can put, like, they sometimes do it with, like, say somebody's got a severe wound, they'll put, like, all the healing stuff on and they'll put a layer of fake, like, fake skin on top right. to allow it to have a barrier against the elements at such yeah, so see. that your natural skin can reproduce itself. They actually mm. started doing that with fish skin. Yeah, they have. Like, yeah, that's yeah. where they got the idea from. So they yeah. have started developing it for human skin now. That, there you go. But it's, mm. according to Google, it's not illegal to eat somebody, but it is extremely illegal to go and kill somebody. So <laughs> don't do that bit. I mean, I think we knew stand... that, didn't we? Did, yeah. did well, we I want to make sure that everybody out there that listens <laughs> aren't going to go out on know. our world so and you could, kill if, somebody. If you saw somebody dead at the side of the road... You just go back to your chow's on. Chow's on. It's alright. (laughs) That's illegal because you can't actually pick up. Roadkill. Roadkill. It's illegal for you to pick up roadkill. 
What about there, there is to... some ancient law. I mean, there's some law that if you hit a deer, you're not allowed to pick it up, but the next person that comes along yeah. is. Now, that's some stupid British law that yeah. we have. You know, like <laughs> we have loads of stupid laws. Like yeah. you're allowed to shoot a Welshman with a crossbow at really? yes. one o'clock really? in the morning Don't or even something think really? <laughs> in a graveyard. You know, oh, nice. old. There is an actual law in Nottingham that mm. you can walk the streets with a bow and arrow. What's it called? Is it cocked? Not cocked. That's with cocked. A gun. Yeah. Draw. Like drawn, drawn yeah. right. But you're not allowed to fire it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I've got, I've got a certain amount of bows and arrows in this house. I've got a selection of them, but I don't think it's actually illegal to to use them in a public space. I think you can actually use them. Go. I've not tried it. I suspect <laughs> that if it I did, I mean, it's quite, they're quite powerful pieces of equipment. Yeah. If I started using them in the local park, I expect the uh, establishment to step in at yeah. some point. <laughs> Unless I'm shooting a Welshman with it after mm-hmm. one o'clock in the morning See, I like in the that. graveyard. That's a brilliant, that's a brilliant law. My, I'm going to tell my dad, if Nick ever asks you to go out late at night with him to, <laughs> to a, a graveyard, graveyard, just say no. Carrying a crossbow. That <laughs> <laughs> be a little suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, anyway... <laughs> Sorry. So that was it. That was the main the main cusp yeah. of it. That awesome. if you want it, if you want to eat it, just don't touch the brain. Good to know. That's today's life lesson for yes. everybody. Don't listening. eat human brains. Don't eat. Hum- <laughs> Everything else is good. Everything else. Does that mean why zombies are so like brains? brains. And then that's I mean, why they kind of decompose so swiftly because they're eating it and it's maybe. I mean, maybe. It makes sense. It makes does sense. make sense. Anyway, now. I think we'll leave that story there. We'll put a pin in it. <laughs> someday we will come back to zombies. I mean, probably. But so we're going to get on to Mothman now. We are. Okay. So we're back, and um, do you want to take a time to mention the Patreon, Charlotte? Uh, yeah. yeah, guys. We like I mentioned in last week's episode, we've got a Patreon now, and there's only two tiers. There's the three dollar tier, which is buy us a coffee, basically, because. We appreciate all your support, but we obviously want to get better equipment and yep. everything else. So It's in dollars. It's in dollars because, oh, unfortunately, the website is American, not oh, British. Okay. It's the proper queens. What's a Patreon? Sorry. A I'm Patreon is basically... Like uh, a donation page. It's a donation page yeah, that you set up for whatever reason. And it you can pay in tiers or some people have just a one tier. And each month they like you pay like three dollars, and mm-hmm. it's just to support the page to help okay. them get bigger, better. So what, what do they get in return? What do your listeners? Well, get? for our, our listeners, for our three dollar tier, they get access to their own Facebook page, which is private, which we'll all be in, and it like talk yeah. between ourselves, and nobody else but the Patreon listeners can get into that. That's cool. And then for your next tier, it is a five dollar tier, and with that one, you get. The initiative can't even say it properly this week. You've not even been on the gin today. I've not even been <laughs> on the gin. It's my hungover state. That's the problem. And with that one, we're all going to be working on like unsolved cases oh, yeah, and debunking stuff. But a lot of it is mainly Nick and obviously Owen's baby. Me and Steph are just going to be helping out on certain things. Yeah. It's definitely not a cult. And it's definitely not I a mean, cult. Definitely. That is official. And. It, <laughs> Nick's aiming for it to be a cult, but me and Steph are like no cults. It's, it's, as long as we get a cape, a yeah. cape. Yeah. What Is there another tier after that? Or is... Um, not at the moment. It we want to keep it as low key so that people yeah. don't have to like pay an arm and a leg to we're help. Not, us. We're not selling stuff. We're not gonna give out sort of. They could get a t-shirt or something. Stuff. Yeah, that's that. That's what we're hoping to do. We've got a couple yeah. of ideas for merch, but we're still in talks about it. We don't want to promise anybody anything and 
not set on it so but as soon yeah. as we know what we're doing yeah because by the way guys we're totally winging this i mean doesn't everybody <laughs> um but as soon as we know what we're doing we'll let everybody else know and yeah. there will be t-shirts there'll be stickers because mm-hmm. i love me a sticker yes and probably like pin badges pencils Excuse- sharpeners rubbers I want a notebook that's got crimes, creeps, and coffee oh. with a gigantic coffee mug with a skeleton face on it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, have one too? Sounds cool. So we're, we're going to be adding to it, but yeah. the initiative yeah. stuff will be coming out in the next and few weeks. With the initiative we'll get, stuff, get it's going to be it. a case of those that are on the Patreon can participate. So it's not just us doing the work, mm-hmm. it's yes. everybody gets involved. Yeah. So it's, for example, we might look at the Black Dahlia murders and we will find information and like dissect it ourselves. But if anybody outside who's a Patreon member finds links yeah. that they find interesting, they it's, it's going to be crowdsourced. It's going to be yeah. personal to them. That, it's going to be yeah. an investigational body, but it'll be crowdsourcing yeah. the investigations. So, and like Rich just said, there might be personal stories that people have got that they themselves are unsolved and they need other people to have a look at that could yeah. be that and like yeah we're gonna solve we're gonna solve things together that's yeah. the purpose of the initiative i mean th- but we'll talk the about that kind of the subject matter you're talking about people are gonna get ridiculed if they're talking in their yeah. pub with their mates or their family or whatever but talking to you guys who yeah, are a definitely. bit more understanding and interested yeah. they're you know yeah. they're gonna get an audience but it's it's gonna be me and owen are gonna talk about it properly um, in a couple of it, weeks and yeah. it is gonna be have its own sort of a sister podcast i guess you yeah. call it that we're going to be involved in and it, but the thing is it's only going to be certain people that can access that like the like the patreon members and stuff mm-hmm. because we well it's going to be summarized in the main podcast and a, nick's shaking his head at me so i honestly don't know no. it's work in progress right? it it's is, working. yeah it right so let's crack on with the next bit of the show rich is going to talk about mothman mothman you say it like a second name again it's mothman <laughs> mothman, mothman. Yeah. mothman. So, so jump in at any time do you guys know anything about mothman heard of mothman i've heard of There's him the, the film mothman prophecies, prophecies. Yeah. so i all i know about mothman is he um he's like a, a big moth he's a man he or isn't a man he is more like a moth but looks like a man right okay like well all of that's wrong so let's <laughs> <laughs> but he can he can disguise himself as a man can he mothman nick shut up <laughs> isn't that mothman <laughs> let rich well, tell his story and we'll find out the questions okay. about mothman so we, we're gonna go to the united states of america Ooh. aren't we and we're gonna go to a place called point pleasant i've been there have Only um, Fallout. Yeah, Fallout 3. Oh, they oh, have that oh. on there, do they? Point Pleasant. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, Mothman's featured in Fallout. Oh, wow. I didn't oh, no, know. it's in Fallout 76. Sorry, carry on. I yeah. didn't know this. So it's a, it's a small city. I mean, it's a tiny population, but it's a small city, West Virginia, on the Ohio, on the Ohio River. So it's a sleepy town. Not really a lot happens there. Your typical american town so now we're gonna go back in time a little bit we're gonna go to 1966 for Ooh. the first events of right Mothman. in the middle of flower power that's right so they're the very and drugs let's point that out and this is not some hippie town this is some sort of working class sort of uh you know church going you know Middle straight class down the line thing, yeah. you, you know town you know nothing unusual okay. happens here <laughs> ain't so. no woodstock okay. is more no, like it yeah yeah it's yeah so 1966 and this is the very first sighting of what has become the mothman so and this is the 12th of November, 1966. There were five grave diggers at work in a local cemetery. Now, what they saw 
was a man-sized creature uh, in the distance that flew out, flew, I mean flying, out of some trees and flew into the distance. Now, these guys reported it. Now, obviously, that seems absolutely crazy uh, Mm -hmm. that a man-sized creature in the trees suddenly opened its wings up and flew off. Now, obviously, crazy, right? Now, that was the very first sighting. No one took much notice of it. The second sighting in the 14th of November, so only a couple of days later, was a local resident who was in his house watching TV. He looks out the window and he sees what looked like um, a couple of lights in the in the sky. Um, Ooh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm getting excited now. You, sure. You're thinking it's UFOs. It's tickled you? my fancy. Yeah, yeah. So he's looking out the window. He sees these two lights. Now he walks outside, and what he quickly realizes that these two lights are not lights oh. at all. They're mm. actually two glowing eyes. Ooh looking back back at him and they're not in the sky he's actually looking to the edge of his property and he's seeing a large humanoid figure standing in the trees with these two large red glowing eyes now he stares at this creature for some time until the creature basically opens its wings out and flies off okay so the eyes are its own light source well, that's what they're saying, which okay. is now because like usually insects, they use they they reflect light, don't they, rather than produce their own. That's right. So a lot of animals, if you have your own light source, a torch yeah. or something, and you put it on light uh, on animals, they will reflect yeah. light back. But some animals are bioluminescent, aren't they? They, they have their own. Yes, they, they can emit their yeah. own light. Now the idea of the Mothman being insect-like. Yeah. Now, we'll get onto that, okay. but it's not seen by these uh, first people as insect-like at all. Right, okay. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so the idea of Mothman being like a moth, just get that out of your head for... So what do they well, describe it as? Look, more like a man with wings? Yes, like a... a, a they, so the first sighting on the 12th of November was a, a large creature, the size of a man that flew off over these these gravediggers at work. The second sighting that we know of on the 14th was uh, the man watching TV. He goes outside, he thought he saw the lights, and it was a large man-sized creature standing on this tree that the lights were emitting... I'm smiling at the cat, I'm, smiling I'm sorry. At the cat. sorry. <laughs> My face only ever lights up when I see when cats. When you see a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this story's a little bit creepy, so I, you made me jump by you staring away. Like, <laughs> Moth man, he's literally standing right here. <laughs> Surprise. Sorry. It's okay. So yeah, so the the eyes were emitting light rather okay. than some sort of reflection. Now, yeah. this creature flies off after him observing it for some time. Now he's got an Alsatian dog, uh, and this dog chases after this Ooh. creature okay. just off into the night, bolts across his garden, off into his land, and chases after this creature. So now the guy sets his uh, he sets his well, he didn't set his dog. The dog chases after this creature. Now mm. the dog was never seen again. Oh, uh, poor the, puppy. <laughs> yeah, the dog disappeared, and that Aww. was it. Now, Why am I more disturbed about the puppy going missing than I am about human oid? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't a puppy. It was an Alsatian dog, a <laughs> all, guard all dog, dog, a large all dog, all dog. All dogs are puppies. All dog. This was not a puppy. Uh, you know, this is a. Alsatian. Yeah, well, I said I've had Alsatians, and they can be puppies. Okay, we're going away from the detail. Yeah, this is this is no puppy. This is a powerful dog that went chasing for this creature. They are powerful dogs. I don't ever want to get bitten. I've been bitten by an Alsatian. It wasn't pleasant. There you go. Then. Do you think you could take an Alsatian? 
I've kicked one in the... No, I shouldn't probably say that. People. <laughs> yeah, but you kicked it because it was biting you. Yes, I kicked it because it was biting so There is a valid reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is when I was a child. So that was the end of that sighting because the creature flew off. He saw, his dog went after it. He never saw it again. Now, this is the main sighting that happened a couple of days later about the Mothman. Now, there was two young couples, newly newly married. Oh, okay. They were driving in their car and they were passing a place called the TNT area. Now, wait, two couples? Yeah. Newly married two couples? As in friends? Oh, I thought it was like some kind of quadratondre. No. It's not a polygon. Going out together, sort of double date, if you like. Okay, fair enough. Going out in the car and they were going past what was known in Point Pleasant as the TNT area. Now, the TNT area was just a, a sort of local name for it, but what it actually was, was during the Second World War, there was a site next to Point Pleasant where they basically stored and manufactured ammunitions. Okay. Now, uh, after the Second World War, it was not needed, so it was an abandoned sort of factory, if you like. Okay. There's a few buildings left and some sort of almost like silos, if you like, where they used to store ammunition. Oh, okay, but, yeah. But it, was, yeah. it seemed to me to be a kind of place where kids used to hang out or young people used to hang out, you know, a bit mm-hmm. creepy, something to do, you know. Yeah. It's a pretty sleepy town. There's not a lot going on. So they were driving in their car and as they're driving down the road, they saw what looked like a, a large man, dark figure, seven, six, seven foot tall. What, Jeez, that's tall. Yeah, that is a you know a large guy yeah. with looked like wings tucked behind its back. If you imagine a sort of almost a bird or something like that, how yeah. they tuck their wings. Yeah, in. yeah. And in front of this guy was a dead dog. Uh-oh. Oh, it's a puppy! <laughs> now, as they drove past this creature, what they saw this man standing at the side of the road. It opens its wings out, oh. takes off into the air. And chase it starts to chase the car that they're oh. in. Now the driver of the car looks back, puts his foot down, mm. and he what he said was he was going up to speeds of 100 mile an hour, 100 mile an hour plus. Yeah, so I was slightly skeptical on this that the car was. I mean, I'm a pretty much a car guy myself, and I can't think of. What were cars. they driving? Well, you I know. can't find out anywhere actually what car this. But this is. was the 60s, so there's not many cars that could go over 100 mile an hour, is there? Not really, not your standard cars. Not. But, you know, this is not an episode of Top Gear, is it? So we <laughs> probably need to leave the car aside a little bit. But the point of the. But it is in detail that that maybe goes against the credibility of the story if they say yeah. 100 mile an hour. Uh, I suppose people exaggerate. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know any American cars. Oh, there's I've plenty seen. of American cars that would have done it, but it's not mentioned anywhere what car it was. But okay. The, the fact of the matter is that this creature was keeping up with the car. It was really? flying behind oh, okay. them at 100, some reports say 120 mile an hour now. Obviously, we're just mm. nitpicking. Do you know how old these, these couples were? Were they like 20? Yeah, they were, they, were, they were young couples. They were yeah. new, newlyweds, both both of them, I believe. And back in the six, 60s, newlyweds 66. were about 20s. Yeah. Right? yeah. So. Now, when the, the girl in the back of the car turned round to see this flying creature, this flying man... Uh, chasing the car at and they weren't. Speed. They definitely weren't on acid. Definitely. Well, I don't think <laughs> they were drug tested, but no. From the they weren't hippies. They were nice, normal, sort of West Virginia folk. Your suburban yes. types instead oh. of hippie types. Okay. Yeah, just a normal town in normal America. Is oh, that's my cat. There's the kitty cat. <laughs> I need attention. No. So when they turned back round to look at this creature that was chasing them, they saw large red glowing eyes emitting oh, okay. this red glow is there and any creature in nature that that does that 
have glowing red well, eyes? We, we, I think we're going to get on to okay, that in a, in a little okay. bit. Rich uh, has pre-planned that question. Well, he's, <laughs> he's the animal man. Yes. Now, as they sped like towards... A young, young Richard Attenborough. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so David Attenborough, uh, Richard Attenborough was an actor, wasn't he, in Jurassic Park? Yeah, but he, he, was, a, he was an animal science man. No, that's David Attenborough. <laughs> that's no, I've term. seen the documentary that Richard Attenborough is a science man. He wears a little hat, has a cane. You're on about Jurassic Park again, aren't you? The documentary. <laughs> that really factual film. Rich is going to kill you now. I can see it in his face. He's like, I'm about to commit a murder. What, Steph is drinking. He could be on a show in a couple yeah. of weeks. This time. is how obsessed Rich is with Jurassic Park. What, what does it sound the milk that Steph's drinking out of? We're at Rich's house, by the way. It says uh, Rich is God. With Rich the, is God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Hold on. I did not buy that mug for myself. So he says. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute bollocks. Oh, no, you Katie, definitely did, bought that Katie, mug. Please, please, you need please. to come in on this. Did Rich buy the mug himself? There we go. You had this is a lot. This is a lot. What in the Jurassic Park logo? Yeah. Instead of saying Jurassic Park, it says Rich's God with a T Rex in the background. I can't picture anybody buying that for you. Apart from my girlfriend. Yeah, but just says what does she think of me? Yeah, but she's lying. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we were talking about the red eyes. Yes, we were talking about the red eyes. So as so the creature. This Mothman was chasing them 100 mile an hour in this car, two newlywed couples. Now, as they speed into town at these uh, high-speed pursuit, you call it, the Mothman changes direction and heads back to the TNT area, as they called it. Okay. Now, when they get home, they're absolutely distraught. They, you know, as you can imagine, they don't yeah. know what they've seen. So they go to the local sheriff's office and now explain exactly what they've seen to him. I would have loved to be there for that conversation. Mm-hmm. But, That'd be great. Would you make a good sheriff? No, he well, really wouldn't. Well, <laughs> are you about you've to do seen what? A giant moth man? Now, nobody, at this American point, nobody said accent. anything about moths. Oh, right, okay. So they just said it's a large, dark figure, glowing red eyes with wings, in the same that the previous two accounts said. There's nothing, no mention of... Does the sheriff already know about the previous two accounts? Yes, that's what I said. They they know about those two sightings. So so he's got a Mothman epidemic on his hands. He doesn't know it's a Mothman, though. A a creature epidemic, then. A strange creature haunting the... A strange creature, that's all they know. So they hold a press conference with the... (laughs) Wow. Yeah, straight away, yeah, there's a press conference, literally a couple of days later. And in this press conference, there's obviously the sheriff and the, the two couples talking about what they've seen yeah. now the media obviously there they get hold of this story and they nickname the creature mothman ah, now, so it's a press uh, thing it's a press yeah they What's, wanted it to call it batman because the wings <laughs> <laughs> the wings described by the the couples are more like a bat's wings not yeah. like a moth. Uh, okay but the but press, they, that was my next question the press tend to come up with like jack the ripper was a press name wasn't it yeah it wasn't so it was like the night stalker and yeah stuff like that yeah like um ted bundy's one the black dahlia was uh that was the, a the press, press one yeah, yeah. And exactly the same with uh, with Mothman. So they wanted they wanted to call it Batman, but apparently they couldn't for some reason. Of uh, obviously I, I, I the DC why. Comics, or <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. the DC Comic or whatever. So they come up with Mothman oh, instead. Right, okay. So it's not to do with the actual look of the creature. Oh, or right. It's not insecting. Uh, it's not doesn't look like an insect. It doesn't have the wings like a moth or anything like that. Just okay. that's what they want. So what we're talking about? Right. What do, what do Apart from being a, a man with wings, what else are we talking about? Here? Red glowy eyes. Okay, so we, we, the what we can gather of the credible sightings, which are these 
sort of three sightings at the beginning are a creature that's six to seven foot tall, dark, bat light wings, glowing red eyes, and they also mentioned it doesn't sounds weird, it doesn't have much of a neck, as in it's it sort of its head sort of sits on top of its shoulders, if you like. Okay. Have we got, uh, can somebody bring up like an, yeah, art, there's they're, an artist's impression of yeah, the Rothman? Yeah, there certainly is a few. Because I'm hoping for aliens, but I think it's leading away from aliens, I kind of think there's... I'll, I'll go into it a little bit once Rich has finished the story, but yeah. there's, there's an owl eagle. Oh, I know which one you're on about. The one that's absolutely huge it's and... Small. Terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But that looks like an owl, though. Like but it in would, the dark. I wouldn't... Cause... In the dark. Let me have a look as well. Let's bring up a picture of the alleged... Mothman. And so, see. what year was this? 1966. So, if I search for 1966, I think if you just put Mothman, you, you'll you'll find something that uh, that fits the bill. And the eyes were quite humanistic as well. Like they were. No, you couldn't make out. It was just glowing red orbs. Right. The eyes. Emit- like that? Uh, no, not similar. I wouldn't. The wings there Double are wings, very moth-like in that picture. Well, they're more like dragonfly-like. But you're sort of more like that. No, it's like no. a gargoyle. That one. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Let's have a look. That one. That's a yeah. brilliant picture. This this one is actually really? so the picture Nick's brought up here is this the, this is the Mothman chasing the car, isn't it? So it doesn't night. have a neck. It doesn't have the neck, you know. This it does look more like a bat. It yeah. does look like yeah. a bat. I've got one from the actual police report by oh, yeah. Linda Scarberry. Linda Scarberry. So yes, that was one of the couples. That's oh, there right. we go. Okay. That's like great, a... isn't it? Yeah, that's it Linda. Yeah. Like... So Linda Scarberry drew that for okay. the police report itself. It kind of looks like cousin it with yeah, wings. So yeah. It, the the couple was Linda and Roger Scarberry with another couple, and that's the that's the drawing she gave to so the, it's the sheriff. Of, it's got no yeah. arms. It's only really got the legs. No, it's as got the wings. So it's sort of no necked seven foot tall large glowing red eyes and sort of bat-like wings yeah it's weird yeah he's certainly weird that's i mean i guess there's a colored one there that yeah oh. this yeah this is a good one yeah that you've just brought up here yeah, yeah that's what she i've just read that one that one's the one that she drew in her diary so right. it's, it's sort of basically like a torso but the eyes are in the torso almost it's just no yeah. neck like almost the head is sort of joined to yeah. the, the body almost okay. why don't they come up with a no neck name Instead of um, Mothman. Well, no neck doesn't sound as scary as Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> no neck. No neck. No neckman. Don't go there. No neck will get you. Yeah. No, it doesn't have the same punch. It doesn't Mothman. have that ring to it. No. Well, I don't understand where they got to the moth conclusion, though. Because well, because he had wings, thing. I guess. Well, yeah, they, they couldn't Nighttime. use Batman. I think Mothman is another is character a... in the Batman series, but they didn't oh, use it? Batman. I don't is know. He's not in Batman. He's in um, Vertigo oh, series. Okay. Right, well, but is it just is, a winged yeah. creature, I suppose. Yeah. Right, so where does it go from this? What do they say at this press conference? So there was a sort of animal expert, if you like, at this press conference. who A credible to... expert? Yeah, credible. Okay. And he was trying to say that, it, obviously, it's not a humanoid creature with glowing red eyes. It's actually a stork, which is a, a large bird. Oh. I've does... never seen a stork that grows up to seven feet, though. That's right. No. I think they can glowing grow... Glowing red eyes as well. Yeah, yeah, they can grow up to about four feet. Yeah. They do have... Some storks do have a sort of red patch under their eyes. Yeah, yeah, they do. But at night time, it certainly wouldn't glow. No. Uh, they're not seven foot tall. And for the most part, they wouldn't be standing at the side of the road looking at a dead I doubt dog. It, it would be Chasing cars at 100 yeah. mile an hour. No. And then they're quite distinguishable as well. Yeah, exactly. Long neck, long beak. Yeah. I mean, there are birds that can travel that speed. Yeah. I mean, peregrine falcons can travel... We used to get herons in my garden, and they're bastards. Okay, herons. herons. As in the fish? No, no herons, herons as in birds. That's a, her- that's a herring. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was only one letter. No, herons are... 
awful creatures. You, they're you really vile. They go for you. Straightforward. Nobody has been attacked they're by a heron. I've been attacked by a heron. You've not been attacked. I by have been attacked. <laughs> okay, we don't need to hear that. No. This, maybe Carry this on. is for another. another yeah. one. I have definitely been attacked by. Okay, a well done. <laughs> cool stuff. I've definitely been attacked by a heron. <laughs> so you've got the idea of what this creature looked yes. like from the first three. It's definitely not a heron. That's that's nonsense. And it's definitely not a normal shaped animal. No. Did with no. the with the accounts of the descriptions consistent all three sightings? Yes, the large, yeah. six to seven foot tall. But to me, that doesn't look like a man. Man-sized. Oh, man-sized. Man-sized, okay. with large, glowing red eyes. That's that's the main consistency with the the, the three stories here, that it had these glowing red okay. eyes. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, wings. it flies and I mean, wings. It's, if it, its wingspan must have been huge, if its if its torso and body was seven foot That's tall. right, they saw a huge wingspan. In fact, this, been this, that, fourth, this fourth story, Kate, was notified pretty much the day that the newspapers came out in fact as these newspapers were being put a cr- put out yeah. this event happened which gives it a little bit more credibility than what happened after and i'll get get to okay. that so there were a group of friends that went to visit another group of friends on the outskirts of the town now as they pulled up and got out of the car so as they got out of the car they saw this Please don't do that no not about this story as well because what i'm about to say this story is literally as kate <coughs> looks out the window yeah yeah <laughs> just, just stop doing that <laughs> So as they got out of the car, they saw this large, dark figure rising from the sort of embankment with these large, glowing red eyes. And one of the women who had a small child with her was so terrified, she was literally paralysed with fear that she actually, her legs, what she claims her legs didn't work, she collapsed mm. with fear, collapsing on her own child. Oh, and right. she, she thought she'd killed, you know, yeah. Killed her own child, mm-hmm. but yeah. she was so terrified she couldn't bring herself to get back up oh, because right. of what she had just seen. Eventually, after some time, she did manage to, I don't know, bring herself to get up. And as she got up, she thought she felt like her wing flaps above her, mm-hmm. as in this sort of down pressure from this creature flying mm-hmm. off. She, she and the, the others fled into their friend's house. For that time, bit that time, they thought right. Well, that's the end of the encounter. Sorry, uh, is this in the same town, small town? Exactly the same town, okay. just on the outskirts. Okay. Now, sometime later, they're obviously terrified, held up in this house. Now, what they see is when they're looking out the windows to see if this creature is still there. On some of the windows, they see these two glowing red eyes staring Ooh. back at them. They can hear it walking round the porch shuffling round the outskirts of the house obviously they're terrified they call the police by the time the police get there half an hour later or so obviously the creatures disappeared i feel bad for the sheriff the sheriff must have been <laughs> not yeah. again jesus <laughs> bloody mothman yeah happened quite soon after the others right yes yes the yes. day the newspapers the, these, these all happened oh, right, within okay. a couple of days of each other oh wow now, see that to me, it came out. This came out on the day the newspaper came out. Yeah, to me that that's interesting from a psychological point because you yeah. would, may have read that newspaper during the day. Well, that, that's exactly what I'm about to get onto. Okay. So after that sighting and after the newspapers put their reports out, there were over in that twelve month period there were over a hundred sightings really? of the Mothman. Jeez. Okay, now. For the reasons you just stated, you've got to be quite sceptical because yeah, of the sensationalist yeah. sort of 
newspapers putting out this report and people, yeah. you know... Well, if you're told in your, your sleepy town that there's some creature with glowing red eyes, you're going to be... Quite vigilant. Well, well, I, I don't know. When you walk down a dark place anyway, I mean, I'm not so susceptible to it. But even because I live in the middle of a wood. Which yeah, is, I hate is, it. Yeah. What do you mean you hate my house? No, I don't hate your yeah. house, but Could like... It's a very loving home. No, for, <laughs> for example, we got dropped... Like, we walked back from a party last night and I was absolutely fine up until I got to the end of his driveway and then it was like I'm gonna get killed yeah. I'm gonna get killed I'm with Nick yeah. and I'm like he he can go in front kind of thing but in my head I'm like I'm gonna get killed a monster is gonna come out and get me I'm not What's gonna lie off, man? yeah I'm not gonna lie when I come out of your house when we finish our podcast um, I drive home on my own well now I've got Owen thank god but, um, <laughs> yeah like the first few times I came out of your house what? I had to like it's a creepy house. Why is it so creepy? It's a creepy house in the middle of a oh, wood. It is. Yeah. Wait, why are you calling like a house Hansel creepy? Yeah. The, because it's pitch black. There is no light, and coming out and reading <sighs> creepy stories, it's yeah. not. It doesn't play anyway, well in the brain. My point of this was say when sometimes I have to go and find our cat, mine and Charlotte's cat, outside in the middle of the night, and I have to go right into the wood to I try and find know. him. I just leave and sometimes there. I do get a feeling like I there is something there in the wood. I know that's not something, but there's like a weird adrenaline rush that's like. I hurry up. It's like, your fight. I, yeah. Flight I or hurry fight. back to. Even though I know there's not something there, and it's not not normally. But sometimes I do get that feeling. So I understand that if you think there's something out there, especially if you've uh, read the newspapers constantly about this weird creature bothering people. Yeah, it's going to. That's drip right. Too. That's yeah. why I think after. Then you could the... make that leap and and sort of tell yourself that there is a thing, and you could maybe you could maybe see it. it's like psychosomatic, isn't it? Well, there were people going around in in cars with with guns, actively Brilliant. seeking. It. It's, I'd it's, be it's, one of them. It's one that of would that, be me. Yeah, I'm one of them trucks. Well, it's actively yeah. seeking the Mothman. You know, they're going out to try and find something now. After the media put that out, I think some of these stories are going to be fictitious. People believing to see something they want yeah. to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's why I think these Sorry. first three stories have the credibility. As soon as the media latch onto yeah. it, then you know these Doing sightings afterwards. You know you've got to be you know dubious about yeah. them, haven't they? Because people see what they want to see. Yeah. And well, it's like, like, for example, somebody who is driving along sees in the distance an owl flying because owls can be quite big not as big as like six seven foot but in the distance you've got no perspective and they do have scary eyes when you catch the light in they owl. do yeah. Now, yeah. i was, was going to get onto this a little bit later into terms of what yeah. is the moth man but okay. you've already you've already sort of uh, well no let's not let's not no, interrupt. no no let's it's more of a case of your brain then jumps to oh shit that's the mothman that's right but that's right. Mothman. So you're saying it now mothman <laughs> mothman <laughs> And it's more of a case of, like, you've said that it's your brain playing tricks on you. Yeah, you're already looking for something. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, the Mothman, obviously dubbed that by the media, but in terms of flying humanoid creatures, it's not the only place in the world to to have sort of claimed to see this. In South America, it's quite common for them to believe that there is a flying humanoid creature. Same in the Philippines and the Far East, they... Uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but they see these humanoid flying creatures. What's and the one on the, the Texan-Mexican border? There's one there as well, isn't there? That's Chupacabra, but it's not a flying Oh, is creature. it not flying? No. Okay, fair enough. No, that's a different one. Maybe something for another time. Yeah, definitely. But uh, apparently the rumour has it that around the world, whenever they see these flying humanoids, oh, that it yeah. means that a disaster is about to happen or a the terrible terror. event. So it's the like Roma- a bad omen, really. Yeah, bad omens omen. of death, yeah, aren't that's they? That's the superstition around the world that these flying humanoids mean that there is something terrible that's going to happen. Because in Death Note, um, 
Death. What the anime? The anime, yeah. The, <laughs> really? The um, <laughs> the main death god in that is based on the Japanese superstition of like the flying creature-like the flying thing creature. that only certain people who are close to death can see it. You mm. watched Death Note? So I c- I've read the mangas. I haven't actually watched mm, the show, but I God. used to read the mangas because they've been out since like the early nineties. Okay. So I guess I guess the 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 parallel is is sort of a biblical angels, isn't it? Heralding some kind of doom. Yeah, some kind of angel of death, some yeah. kind of omen, some kind of demon warning people. Now, obviously, in this little town of Point Pleasant, in you know Middle America, if you like, what what terrible event could possibly precede these? Sixty six Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, um, that was that was that sixty six. The war. In- the war. Uh, the, Vietnam <laughs> the war. war. The Vietnam War. The Vietnam War. Yeah, sixty-seven, sixty-five. That oh, was it. Was so it, it was in sixty-five. Kennedy was killed in the early sixties. But you know, in a, a random town in yeah. middle America. You know, we, could you really link the Mothman no. with the Vietnam War? No, you probably couldn't. Seen any, uh, However, what about what happened in nineteen sixty-seven in Point Pleasant, this tiny little town? Now, there's a bridge that links. This town's where the a town across the Ohio River. Okay. Now, in 1967, at rush hour, five o'clock on let me find the, the December the 15th, the bridge collapsed. Sorry, oh. which year is this? 1967. So a year later. A basically. year later. Now, remember that from 1966 there have been a hundred sightings over that over that period of time. The bridge collapsed. Rush oh, right. hour traffic. Shitloads of death. Over 60 people lost their lives. Mm, right. It's quite a disaster, isn't it? Yeah, the bridge collapsed in the middle. The cars fell into the water. People froze to death in the water mm. or died in the wreckage of the bridge collapse. Mm. It was the worst American bridge failure in, in American history. Really? The, the town was devastated because it's only a small town. Yeah. So either... You ever knew someone who who died, or you knew someone who was mourning the death? Yeah. Yeah. And for example, if it was the, the like Point Pleasant, is that it? Did I say that yes, right? that's a, and that's the other right. town, it would be like thirty people from each. If it was half and half, I think most thing, yeah. most of the this this was off. That's that's a badass bridge collapse. I mean, look at it. Shit! Oh wow! Yeah, no, no, it's yeah, it's 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 a terrible incident. It's a concrete bridge. It's not some rinky dinky wooden yeah. thing. Mm. No, but and it was on the it was on the sort of high street of the town, linked pretty much to this bridge. So commuters yeah. for the town mm. would use this twice a day, three times a day. You know, mm. it was a main road. It was yeah. full they're, of rush hour traffic. Kind of thing, yeah. It was, you know, a, a, it was a big deal when 61 yeah. people from mm. this town or 64 people from this town die in this terrible event. Oh, yeah, totally. Now, it's for such a small town, people say that the town's never fully recovered. Like I say, people knew people, they had relatives or whatnot. Now, the reasons stated for the bridge collapse, I was were, just about to have a look at that. Oh, actually. that's what you're looking now. There was a, a faulty manufactured part, okay, and combined with the overloaded traffic in rush hour that the bridge was built in the 20s or something like that so it was never designed for that volume of traffic yeah resulted in the 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 failure and the deaths but so many people due to the sightings of the the mothman as they called it and in fact now these sight these eyewitnesses are a little bit dubious but people thought that they saw the mothman days before the bridge collapsed hence the link Mm. and the one of the creepy things about this is there were all these sightings up until the bridge collapse. Now, as soon as that bridge collapse happened and all these people died, there was not a single sighting afterwards. Oh, really? That was the end of Mothman. Oh, okay. Ever. Like, period. 
Pretty much. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's why people put so much emphasis in the link between the sightings of Mothman yeah. with eminent doom or eminent yeah. sort of what disaster. Do, what, do you, what do you think? Well, what do there you has think been about some sightings afterwards. No, I'm mean about the, the link between Mothman and this bridge collapse in particular. What do, what do you think about that? Personally, I think they're totally unrelated. They're, yes. they, you know, totally unrelated. But You two, what do you two think? Because you're, you're, you two are slightly uh, less sceptical than me and Rich, I, th- I feel. I don't think he has anything to do with the bridge collapse. I think that was purely bad timing. It, don't get me wrong, I think the creature may exist. I just don't think they're linked. Yeah. But is there anything else that you guys know of, of? Of There are angels of death, there are, I don't know, Who come at omens, yeah. or demons, I don't know. But that's I, on a spiritual level. It's yeah. not all cryptozoology is, like you mentioned, Bigfoot and everything. There's nothing spiritual about Bigfoot. No. But, so but it might just be a creature. That's what I think he is. He might be just a creature, nothing yeah. spiritual. It just sounds like a, a lot of coincidence. Yeah. Well, it's not coincidence. It's like a, just a relationship that people have connected to those two events yeah. I, yeah. I think they Fed needed by media. and I think because they were grieving they needed something to blame it on mm. and what's easier to grieve than than these weird sightings uh, yeah. yeah now bef- yeah. before the sightings of the Mothman there were Point Pleasant was known as for UFO sightings Ooh. cattle oh. okay well we're getting into the good stuff now <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might be interested this is where my scepticism goes completely out the window when it comes <laughs> yeah. yeah and also not too long before the very first sighting was uh, no I've not got anything note, notes wise on this but have you heard of the the smiling man which is a no I don't think I've not covered this no the smiling man okay no. maybe that's something else I'm so, guessing it's a weird smiling man from the name or is that another press thing no 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 that's uh, an eyewitness account he, he goes by the uh, his, uh, a certain name every time he lands in his craft Ooh, if you like and interacts with a human being the he gives the very man. same name uh, Eric or something like that Eric <laughs> the smiling man you have to look at that but it's a smiley mask no I've never heard of that oh, so right, so something either. for another episode perhaps but it's cattle mutilations. Um, here you go, you got oh, some pictures. Well. There's a film, and the the description of the film is a little girl comes face to face with pure evil. That's it. That's the description of the wow. film. Wow. Well, that's just tantalizing. Jimmy Savile's life. <laughs> it's a creepy pasta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, sorry, let's just go into the smile. But while Nick's doing that, so recently there's not been nothing since the since the yeah. bridge collapse, yeah. apart from a few sightings of just giant birds. People mm. saying they've yeah. seen huge flying. Really, I thought birds. they were still seen today. Though again, the the sightings are not of the glowing red eyes, the six foot figure. They're more of just large large birds, yeah. which okay. you could always explain away. Yeah. So, oh wait, the smiling man seems to be quite a recent thing. Okay. The story of the smiling man is quite an unsettling one. The modern urban legend surfaced on the web about two years ago. When was this article written? Uh, 2015. In his account of the story, the young man states that at the time he was living in a major metropolis, metropolis, metropolitan city. Sorry, it seems that is now now the city in question is Seattle. He describes himself as a night owl and says, "I'm yeah." It it doesn't seem that old. The story of the smiling man. Okay. Is that why you you or you think it's some of this older? Well, no. The original sighting of the smiling man which is probably something for else because that's happened for quite a period of time oh right okay uh, have happened before, yeah. before the one of the very first sightings but okay. it's a dubious account if you ask me now I'm going to show you a picture of more, a recent sighting at by Ooh. Point Pleasant a photo? yeah it's a photo oh Ooh. we like photos yeah and I want to ask you if this does look like a flying humanoid how, how long ago was this taken? I think it was about 2016 something okay. like that so we are in the age of Photoshop. 
<laughs> we are in the age of Photoshop now. I... Yeah, the smiling man is actually called the Indrid Cole. Indrid Cole. That's it. We found about it. We'll read that out. Indrid. I said Eric, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) Indrid Cole. (coughs) Yeah. um... Oh my God. How is that? Oh my God, that is. Yeah, no, I've seen that photo. So he's an alien. Well, I think it's something you need to look into. Yeah, look into, yeah. Your, look into Indrid Cole because many people have claimed to 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 meet this character, and every time he gives the same name, he's, he's got a large grin on his face. Okay, what do you what, read and that out, Charlotte? So the description. I'm not going to read the whole story because if you want to feature it on a later episode, yeah, I think that's so. a good one. Yeah, the grinning man is reported to be human-like in appearance, though it's commonly associated with UFO activity, Sweet. and Ooh. is sometimes believed to be an alien. It go. is also believed, possibly, that he's connected to the men in black. His fir- in his first d- sighting, he was described as being over six feet tall and wearing a reflective green suit with a black belt. I he had a, a dark green suit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. How fetch would that be? <laughs> That'd be awesome. He had a dark complexion and a small beady eyes set far apart. That he could fly because he had wings. Oh, I didn't oh, know what? about him flying. That links to the Mothman, doesn't it? He was described as not having any nose, ears, or hair. In his second known encounter, his suit was said to be blue instead of green, but still retained its reflective property. Along with that, he was also described as looking perfectly neutral. So in a reflective suit. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say Switzerland. Like facial like features (laughs) of that of an like a neutral person. Um, Switzerland dressed in And he received his name the smiling man because every person that he ever meets said that he would grin and at an unbearable, a bear, unbearably wide-faced grin. Well, I, I think this is something that probably Nick needs to look into. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. 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 I just think there, there, there is rumours of a link between that and yeah. the Mothman. Okay. Now, I'm going to show you a picture. Yeah, this is more a recent sighting of, of the Mothman. Charlotte, you'll put you this up. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'll put this up on socials. Okay. Now, have a look at this picture. And it just looks like a toy. Okay. So you can see what it... Wait, you can see it. Yeah, it's like Buzz Lightyear. See? Let's have a look. I can't see any, like, human features in that, maybe. Well, you can see a, a head, some yeah. wings, and what look like legs, can't you? It, it just reminds me of, like, Buzz Lightyear. Could I have another look when you finish it? Yeah. I mean, it's good. You can't you can't see, like... You artif- can't make out the features, well, you can't you can look at flying... the artifacts around it. I mean, it's... Um... Yeah, it's interesting. Let, I feel let, like it should be more blurry because the trees around it are well, quite let, blurry. Have a look at the picture again. But it's it's an intro. I don't think it's, it's. There we go. Have a look at the picture again. Okay. Have a close look at that. You can see you can make out a head, wings, what look like legs. I thought he wasn't right? supposed to have a head. Yeah, it's got a head. He's just got no neck. Oh, right. Allegedly. I was gonna say there. It doesn't look like his. He's got a neck. It looks. Like yeah, a, a head, head, some wings, oh, and some legs. Can you see that? Yeah, in between the wings. Instinctively, ah, I'd say yeah, it's okay. fake because it's the age of Photoshop, but it's okay. it's it's well done if it is a fake. It's it? not a fake, yeah. but I can tell you what it, I can debunk it. I can tell you what it actually is. It's Buzz Lightyear. Look, he looks in focus, and the trees really don't. And he's yeah. supposed to be moving. I was going to say that's yeah. that's the thing I I thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, have a look again at the picture after <laughs> what I tell you what I think it is. Wait, let me have one more look. Let's okay. see if I can guess. No, I've got nothing. I think it's a, I think it's a toy that somebody's throwing. Is it Buzz Lightyear? No, <laughs> it's not Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I've been saying what, that. What it looks like to a lot of well, to a lot of people, if a bird of prey that's or an owl that's picked up a snake in its talons. Oh now, yeah. Have a look at the picture again. Where are the talons? 
at the bottom okay, that looks like legs. Up a snake here, look, and it's just flying, it's dragging it along. Can you not see that? See, I think I've had too much gin to be able to see that. Well, you've had two. <laughs> <laughs> Far too much. I was already so, slightly The drunk. shape of an owl flying with a, 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 it's picked up a snake there, or maybe it's even the entrails of another animal. Does that not look like that? I can where's see, the head of the owl? I sorry. can see it now. What do you mean, where's the head? It took me a second, though, to be honest. I can't. I the can't see. The head is it. in between the V of the bird. So where's the snake? Like the wings. The snake's. The snake is... is where its legs are. If that's okay. Okay. So, so point to me where the head is, so I can see. Do you see wow. what? This, there's the yeah, head. I get, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. its wings. Oh, I can see it now. Yes, I can see it. I got you. Did you need that really drawn out? I got you. Well, now it's. Do you need ventry diagrams and everything? Shush now. I didn't see it first of all. It now, took me a second. Some of the rumours about Point Pleasant is that it, the town concocted this because it was a sleepy town with not nothing going on. It's it, got a statue now. Now it's got a statue of yeah. Mothman. Oh, uh, really? You probably yeah. bring that up. Yeah. It holds a yeah, Mothman yeah. festival. It yeah. does. What? He's got a dino that's got all the Mothman It's got stuff. the dino. So some people are saying that a dying town on its ass has concocted mm. a bit of this story to yeah. attract tourism. The statue is very much mothy, though. Yeah, well, again, it's just purely for tourism. I mean, oh, it's yeah. pretty cool. Like it is cool, yeah. It it's, cool. it's kind of tried to, if it has done that, it's tried to make itself like a Roswell. Yeah, it? exactly. It's like a Roswell. Yeah. I mean, you know, sleepy town, nothing going on, you know, attracting some economic sort of income by concocting this story, or at least exacerbating the story for its own gain. Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, what do you guys think about it? I mean... Well, what do you think, first of all? What do you think? Now, we're talking about, you were talking about this earlier, about the owl. Now, yeah. most animals, mammals... When you shine a light, their mm-hmm. eyes are reflective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, birds don't have that. They are not. Mo- no, I thought no. I was But yeah. uh, the only bird that is are owls. But they're not they're red. Nocturnal. They're, they're not, not red. red, but when you do flash eye shine, they do have eye shine. Now, to most people, they don't expect that, but a large it's, eagle owl. Or it's a, it's a, a, a genetic uh, evolutionary thing of being able to hunt in the dark to allow more light into their eyes. Isn't yeah, it? that's, that's the right. Animals yeah, who yeah. have reflective Yeah, light. it's mostly nocturnal animals. Cats uh, have. Yeah, but mostly yeah, your cats and stuff like that. You, if you shine a light into them while they're outside, you'll get some eye shine back. Yeah. Uh, so one of the arguments is it, it's it's a large owl. Now, if you look at some of the the drawing that that that's uh, that it witnessed, does look quite owl like. It does look like does, an owl, yeah. doesn't it? So uh, the wings though don't seem. Uh, well, an owl owls can't fly at hundred mile an hour. Now that could be exaggeration. And who would for Sort Two of. couples fleeing from an owl? Now that's quite dubious. Yeah. I mean, owls aren't scary, are uh, they? Unless it's this one. I mean, yeah, that one gets quite big. It could get big. pissed off. Um, this is the harpy eagle. That's no, no. That, that it can't, the harpy eagle is the biggest eagle in the world that lives in uh, the Amazon. In, oh, okay. It would no, no chance in hell be the harpy eagle. Because it, 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 like that's where my brain went. Because yeah, that no, totally. is like it's pretty scary. And it gets quite big as well, doesn't it? That from what I read the other day, that can get up to six, seven foot. Yeah, yeah so really. The harpy eagle is the largest eagle in the world. Yeah, that's big. Uh, but there's no, t- there are none of those in North America. Okay, because I must admit that's where my mind first went to. Yeah, because it knowing like I think because it's been on Facebook for a little yeah. bit and that that it's been quite prominent. It has. But there you go. There's another example of media dripping ideas into your head. Yeah. So I, I can't find owls particularly 
But um, the fastest bird in the world... Can, Peregrine falcon. Yeah, is when it's diving, can fly at 200 mile an hour. Yeah, it's yeah. called a stoop, not a dive. But, but the average... Yeah. average <laughs> Rich is getting his zoology out. <laughs> but the average speed for a flying... Oh, sorry, uh, the great horned owl is clocked at 40 miles an hour. Yeah, so, so it could drastically less than 100 mile an hour. Mm-hmm. But if you're knowing I am shit scared of a lot of things and my adrenaline pumps and I always feel like when my adrenaline is pumping that I'm doing something faster than I actually am so it mm-hmm. may be a case of I'm yeah, driving it just seems so. mentally yeah. I'm like I'm driving at 100 miles an hour no actually you're only driving at 50 yeah. miles an hour would, it, would a bird would an owl attack a, a truck no it wouldn't even if it was threatened it's not young really threatened not really I mean I'm trying to find footage I mean if you look at this for example uh, you know uh, maybe a, a very large owl sort of flying towards you like that could in the dark could could creep you out a little bit. Yeah, that'd it? freak you the fuck out if that was attacking the back of your truck. That's why you'd fall backwards down the I staircase. Mean, take just take a look at the footage, and you know, would that creep yeah. you out in the dark? Yeah, that would be quite Not terrifying. So, what what do you think it is that these people said? Do you think they saw a genuine cryptozoological creature, or do you think it was something else? I don't think it's a, a genuine cryptozoological uh, creature. Over all three of the more credible accounts. Yes, I think they're they're seeing a, 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 either an actual animal or or I don't think there is a, a six foot flying humanoid that is terrorised for a town for one year. So, do you think one account led uh, to people seeing the next? I think it's certainly mm-hmm. after the media put out that there was. But the first three, there wasn't any media coverage. Was no, there? there wasn't. They're, Did they're they the know? Most credible. That... They don't know each other. They, they, they Did don't... they know those accounts existed? Uh, other than their own, you know what I mean. Not at the time, no. Okay, no. well then that's that's interesting. That, yes, that's and the fact that they all said the glowing red eyes, mm-hmm. but again, see if they found out somehow, maybe they'd be talking the local town. Somebody's seen this thing with glowing red eyes. I can imagine that happening. That's not too people. Small towns talk, and this, they were only happen. in a couple of days within each of it. It yeah, takes a while for these things to spread. Mm, yeah. It's a bit of an unknown, this one, to be honest, and it is I, a little bit creepy. I mean, I just, I, I, you know, with cryptozoological things, it always comes down to me to population size. To for a species to to be living in the wild, it needs a sizable population size. If you're talking, it's an actual animal. I mean, that's coming from cryptozoology. But oh, if it's an alien, there we yeah, go. That, now yeah. we're opening a cold that's the kind of worms, isn't it? You that's know, the if kind it's of worms terrestrial, like. then. Uh, but it's yeah. I mean, are there other <laughs> accounts of? Flying winged creatures, winged aliens. There is some, but they're all nonsense. That's the problem. Well, that's the end of that then. So, (laughs) (laughs) next, next, (laughs) Charlotte, Steph, what do you think? I'm a little bit skeptical because, especially like now that there's like a restaurant, a statue, Mm. it does Mm. sound like somebody's cashing in somewhere, and that always makes me very skeptical of the whole entire thing. But but Roswell's cashed in. Does that mean that the Roswell incident wasn't real? Just because they've cashed mm. in, if you had a if you had a, a restaurant in Point Pleasant and you knew of it, wouldn't you capitalise on that? Yeah, I mean Roswell As we pointed out last week, the Warrens technically ca- yeah, cashed they're, in. They're fucking cashed in. Uh, yeah, the tacky, tacky museum of haunted staplers. <laughs> but you can't help what gets haunted. Roll. Oh look, we've got a new exhibit. It's a haunted loo roll. <laughs> spirits like what spirits like spirits don't want your shit but it always gives less credibility when it's monitored yeah. like Roswell I don't think that is actually one of my it's not one of my favourite cases and I don't think it's one of the most credible cases of UFO things but it's definitely been monetized, and it seems like this has happened in this, mm. this case mm. I, definitely some people have capital, 
capitalised on it. Charlotte, what do you think? I think um, that it may have been a creature that died out. Yeah. But it could have been an everyday bird that was like, you don't know what these couples were doing. They could have gone to a restaurant and had a couple of drinks. In the they could have day. done. I've could um, have done that. You could say that with any sighting or yeah. anything. Yeah. What about the the fact that after the bridge collapsed, there was no sightings. There was a hundred sightings in the year before the bridge collapsed, and then nothing. That is. Do you think yeah, it's, it's a case of the, the mass the, hysteria went down? Mm. I, that's all the I people that were preoccupied with mourning that yeah. didn't care yeah. about yeah, maybe, shitty no, sightings no, maybe, maybe of some creature. Or yeah. the the one thing I really want to know is is whether these first three sightings whether they they knew of the other sightings No, they previously. didn't, no. I, I, I need to see that. I need to, well, you can't really see it. And you can't <laughs> see a negative. But it's that's the most important part for me. If they mm. had no interaction or knowing of these previous sightings, then maybe something weird happened mm. in that like, year or two. Mm-hmm. That would be... I me. mean, I think from looking it up that they didn't know each other or of the other sightings. I think they're it's three independent time, sightings within the space of a few days that uh, they didn't know of each other, but claim to see yeah. the same thing that's that's why i said that the only that's why i mentioned them the only credible ones because everything after the the media put out you can mm. always you know accuse it of being fictitious can't you after yeah. the media press yeah. release yeah. then it gets into mass hysteria like charlotte said and, and yeah. things yeah. of those ilk i kind of think that maybe those first three they did see something of an animal of a similar ilk the animal possibly died off but then after the press had got hold of it, everybody else was like, oh, I saw it too, I saw it too, yeah. I saw it's it too. Going back, it's if, if it's an animal, you need a, a sizable population size to sustain its species. Maybe it was the last of its kind, well, and that's why it, when it died off... Yeah, but there'd be reports. I mean, is there yeah. historically from Native Americans that kind of thing? Anything? Well, like the that? Native Americans talk about the Thunderbird, which there is... There is that, yeah. Uh, it's like a giant like, raven, though. No, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a large, eagle. a large bird, essentially. Oh, okay. uh, you know, a huge winged bird with a seven-foot wingspan and you know a six-foot body. Um, and there are, is confusion when I, when I said that that uh, in point of recent times they see more of a large bird rather than a sort of humanoid-type creature. Hmm. That there's perhaps some confusion yeah. there. But yeah, going back to native. Native Americans, the idea of a, a huge yeah. bird is is pretty common to them. Yeah, mm. because yeah I remember there's an episode of Stargate SG One no, that we don't <laughs> want to talk about today. No, because Nick will go off on a tangent. It's the best series ever made. But in birds of don't particularly have. The, I know they have necks, but because of their feather de- density, you don't see them as necks. It could be that it, it's like a head on top of shoulders, but they do actually have a neck. Mm. Well, we could be. They could be confusing Mothman with a, a, a genuine sighting of a thunderbird or yeah. a, a real large species of bird yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. Uh, is a few in number or or. I don't know, you get giganticism in, in many species of animals. Yeah. We just mm-hmm. to get a one-off of yeah. a huge... Uh, yeah, I'm slightly disappointed it wasn't a giant moth man for some reason. Yeah, I really yeah. envisaged the bug uh, yeah, I would, like I'm thinking Jeff shame. Goldblum just kind of style. Oh, in, the, in this fly. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking that. But oh, I am no. What am I thinking? Is it Jeepers Creepers? Where I think Jeepers yeah. Creepers is loosely based on that, to be honest. I mean, the Mothman Prophecies, I don't know if you've seen it, is loosely based on that. Because I yeah. thought it was like a creature that almost disguised itself as a man until it opened its wings. And that's Jeepers, Jeepers that's Creepers. That's Jeepers Creepers, yeah. yeah. I thought it was like that. Well, in, uh, the, in, the, in the second account that I talked about, 
about with the the man staring at the dead dog. It was a man sort of with its wings closed and then opened mm. them up and chased the car. Reminds me of Skinwalker Ranch, actually, the thing with the dog. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is... But yeah, Jeepers Creepers is also based on the Mothman and that. Yeah, I yeah. think so, yeah. 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 I don't like that film. No. So I think we'll probably leave it there, won't we, today? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's been really, really interesting. Thank you, Rich. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. So next week, uh, is it you two, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, can, you, can you tell us what you're talking about? Or have you not planned that? Um, it's a surprise. That means you haven't <laughs> planned that far ahead. Charlotte, what are you talking about? I'm talking about demons. So there's going to be a lot of, I don't like it. No, yes. demons don't scare me. Kaylee likes do. demons, don't you, don't you Kaylee? Favourite demon, Clue? Okay, she loves demons. Um, oh, we're going to have spot. Yeah. <laughs> so many. Chucky. <laughs> Chucky's not a demon. Is he not? Oh, okay. That's the Jew- the Jewish one, isn't it? The Dibok. The, the, the Dibok. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing about demons next I'm week? I'm doing about, well, Christianity's demon. Oh, okay, One fair. in particular. So, Steph, so. you're doing true crime next oh, yeah, week? Yeah, definitely true crime. Yep, for sure. Okay. Right, so I guess we'll we'll say goodbye. Uh, au revoir. And uh, I'll be the same. I'll Cheers. be the same, thank you. What's Stay Spanish? Stay spooky, don't conform. Um, you're all What's awesome. Spanish for boy, Kaylee? Adios. Adios. Uh, oh, yeah. Adios, amigos. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say, remember, if you're going to consume a human... <laughs> Don't eat the brain. Don't eat the brain. The bra- everything and make else sure is everything fine. is. Make sure it's all consensual. <laughs> well, that's sometimes not possible. It but might be a little bit too Just late. don't eat the brain. Don't touch the brain. That's my words. Brain is not good. Have you got any advice for rugby players who are planning on long haul flights? Don't cheap out and buy <laughs> a charter of flight on some rinky dink. <laughs> not Thomas Cook. <laughs> no, don't go with that. Yeah, no, they're definitely not Thomas Cook. <laughs> okay. Right. right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, Bye. guys. I wanted to listen to more horror and gore. No, let them carry on with their day. If they want to find us, they can find us on Facebook at Crime Creeps and Coffee Podcast, Twitter at CCNC Podcast, Instagram at Crime underscore Creeps underscore and underscore Coffee underscore Podcast. If they want to listen to more, they can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Castbox, and all podcast apps. But for now, before he interrupts again, I think we should say goodbye. Bye!